0: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, June 21st, 2023, thank you for joining me today. I've got a jam-packed show planned for you today, a lot of important information, and my goal today, which I wasn't even going to say, Because quite frankly, I say this all the time and then don't do it because I get distracted and then I'm embarrassed that I said in the beginning, but I'm going to do my best today to make this short, well, as short for this show as we can be, but I'm going to go through this as quick as I can because there's so much information. So for those new to the show, this might be a little bit different than what it usually might be. I'm trying to kind of bring this down into a smaller amount of time. But so my point being is I'm going to try to go through this reasonably quick, and I'll do my best to do it and keep that in mind going through it. But the whole point of today, there's a bunch of different topics. And as, as often happens on this show, every now and again we get a show that I feel it really connects, where from one point to the very end of the show, everything comes together. It all makes sense. It all kind of connects into a larger it, – it's, 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 you know it, it creates something new. And I think what we're ultimately, what I'm seeing in the information today is is kind of a a joining of a lot of these topics, but really this kind of art, as I coined in the title, the artificial, the AI modulated future, it's really alarming to me. And one of the things we've been saying on this show as we've developed through the information is how interesting and alarming it seems that the injection part of this as crazy and earth shaking as it was, is beginning to seem seem like a, a stepping stone whether it was experimentation or you know, however you want to look at it, that clearly the direction of the technology, this is one step in a very large direction that was laid out long before COVID-19 and the illusion therein. So it's very alarming to see how this is all sprinting forward, even as we can prove that what just happened is catastrophic, to say it nicely. But we're going to have a few topics I'm going to get into today to start, which are interesting and relevant for the, the, the side of the social engineering and the controlled flow of information, the controlled narratives. And one thing that I think has been talked to death about, which we met, we actually talked about on the last show we did before it kind of went crazy, is the Peter Otes discussion. Now, we're not going to get into it, as you might think, but really go through some information that I think is important. Well, maybe it's probably what you might think in regard to how this whole situation is exposing a lot of really important things. And it's really also one of the easiest and most, I guess, something that we can relish is that it shows that they're losing control of the narrative. It shows that very clearly that they're in a bit of a desperate spin, lashing out because people are seeing through what they're doing. I find it to be very important and I think we need to reflect on what it shows us. So let's jump right into this as well as the endocrine disrupting chemicals point, not the deep conversation, but just the point because it kind of spun out of that same conversation. I wasn't even going to revisit this because I thought this was self-explanatory, it's it's self-evident what endocrine-disrupting chemicals are. They disrupt your endocrine system, which control your hormones. And it's quite obvious what that can affect and what that can do. But yet, talking about this in the context of whether that has some effect on the conversation of the gender dysphoria, trans movement, and how aggressively people are acting like that's just complete lunacy, shows you how delicate... This whole agenda is it is walking down the edge of a knife, and I think we're watching it happen right now. So to start off, I wanted to give another shout out to Big Frog Platform that's doing a really great job on some of the newer shirts we're putting putting out with them, which we still have the truthclothing.io. You can check that out as well. But they just sent me one that I really loved. This is something we've been saying on this show for a long time that I hope you guys will check out. So if you want to support us, here's another way to do it. We have the Free Speech Absolutist t-shirt. But now we also have the they t-shirt, <laughs> which I really love. Now, you've been hearing me say this for a long time, because you know, we all people use shorthand all the time. People say they, when they just kind of are referring to something, we all kind of generally think we're talking about the same thing. But then people also get kind of lazy with it, and they could just mean whatever they wanted to mean, or just kind of this nebulous problem, the government, the secret societies, you know, whatever. All of that is important, matters. But what's interesting to think about is the acronym, as I think, is the, the, the best way to explain it to somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about. It stands for the hierarchy enslaving you. I love that. I think it's important. And either way, it's, it's a funny shirt. If you want to support this platform, there's another way you can do it. Thanks to Big Frog and their support in general. <clears throat> so to start off, I wanted to make a couple of interesting points about free speech, which will roll into the EDC conversation, which ties into everything else. I just saw this. Elon Musk, pardon me, Elon Musk says terms like cisgender and cis are now considered slurs on Twitter and will not be tolerated. Now, I've been seeing this develop. It was kind of going back and forth. Now, obviously, we've seen how this is being abused and and people are trolling and they're harassing and and all this stuff is happening. And by the way, it happens on pretty much every topic you can imagine. The left does to the right, the right does to the left and everything in between. So we can all acknowledge that this is clearly happening. It's not unique to the trans movement. People are choosing to troll people that don't agree with what they're doing. And the, Okay. Now, to, some people might say that's not true. Anyway, focus on going fast. <laughs> the point is that ultimately this is censorship, right? So if, it depends on what we're talking about, really. Well, truthfully, if you get into their terms of service, you can argue that harassment and so on, it should be evenly hand even-handed way be dealt with. But I can tell you right now it's not happening. I know from personal experience and plenty of people that we know and talk to in these circles and people that are far larger than me that are actively harassed in constant ways. People circumventing blocks and censorship and, and, you know, from Twitter side censorship and getting new accounts and continued to troll people, accusing them of things they didn't do, calling them names, all sorts of violations of their terms of service, which I can prove to you, which is not important at this moment, but plenty of other people, including myself, that that's not what they're doing. In fact, acting like it doesn't matter. So now it's interesting to see almost in a way to throw a bone to people who need an excuse to make it look like what this is, is what they want everybody on here to look like, if that makes sense to you. So they can go, yep, see, it's all right wing and they're censoring these things because now it's the right. Now what you have is people who were just screaming free speech absolutist going, yeah, screw that movement, which makes you a child which makes you easily gullible and played by the system that does this all the time. Now, of course, it's a it's a you could understand why it might be, you know, might feel good to be like, yeah, now it's your turn to be censored. But guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. And everyone's going back and forth acting. It's all about vitriol and vindication. And that's it should be about free speech. That's not free speech absolutist at all, is it? Because really, these are just words. It's like, it's like saying that somebody, you know, look, the bottom line is there are already words you're not allowed to say on this platform. So let's not pretend like this is anything to do with free speech. But it is important to understand that this movement has been very militant and rabid and has clearly politically motivated. And it's not every trans person, every gay person. It's clearly the people caught up in this and the government and agendas behind it. Very important to think about, though. But here's an interesting point. After that, that I think is very interesting and very revealing about the hypocrisy that always takes place in people lost in the two party illusion. And James Esses, who was recently fired or removed from his position because he dared to point out something he believed in, you know, biology. He points out to people. This is about. This is the same conversation. And I believe this is what it comes from. Is other conversations that James was having and, and Elon following up. People were going after him and calling him a sissy with C-I-S-S-Y and all this stuff. You're a cis, and blah, blah, blah. These are terms that it doesn't even, it's not, I don't think it's even important to get into because really these are made up terms that don't really apply other than personal people's opinions, which that's supposed to be offensive today. That's, that's my opinion. And I think that's the facts, but those are the facts. So at the point he says, well, I don't recognize that term sis, please don't call me that. Now, before we even go forward, you see where this is going. Shouldn't that matter? Doesn't it matter to these people on such a core value to their very being that you're supposed to respect what people, well, apparently not because he's showing this and you can go through his account. People are going, well, too bad. You can't change who you are or how are they see you? And he goes, well, this is awkward. Now, look, that's not, again, it'd be silly to say that represents everybody in this movement, but the point is still that you see this happening. So it only really matters when they think it, or you're on a certain side. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like being called non-binary or a cis male. The same point. Well, if I don't identify as that, isn't that the same thing in reverse? You get where I'm going. To belabor the point is not important. The point is obviously that this is hypocritical. It's a double standard. It's happening all over the place. And all it's really about is dividing and making us attack each other. Liberty Lockdown points out something important. In regard to the same tweet, he says 75,000 likes on Elon's threat to suspend accounts that, quote, harass somebody with the word sis. He goes so far as to call it a slur. Hell, maybe it is one. I don't know. I do not want people suspended for this nonsense. I have a block button. Stop being PUSS wise for the kids out there. Block and move on with your life. Or S I E S. The bottom line is that this, you don't, you, you can feel like you don't want to block somebody. That's his choice. He can if he wants. But the point is simply that it's be a grown up, right? The idea that so somebody saying a word to you is ever going to offend you, that's a choice. Bottom line. And of course, that's going to really bother people who want to say, well, what about this word? Which you could probably imagine. The bottom line is that it all comes down to the same thing. It's about how you allow other people to influence how you feel. That so today, Apparently, you're more important if you're more affected by everybody else's words. Now, let's get into, I'm going to go far deeper tomorrow on foreign policy as well as the transgender conversation yet again. But we'll come back to that tomorrow. But let's talk about this general point about the endocrine disrupting chemical point that spun off of the Hotez conversation, which we'll get to next. Now, this is Jordan Sheridan and a lot of other people who just loved like the whole conversation, everybody piling on Peter Hotez. Now, I'm, by the way, I'm in no way supporting RFK Jr. I don't support any presidential candidate because I literally think voting is an illusion that we all seem to know at one point or another, but we all pretend like it matters more than anything when it matters in a certain political sense. But the point is that everybody out there is piling on RFK Jr. Everybody who wants to, and it's so easy. Everybody's doing it in the mainstream. And so people like this who seem clearly sidle up next to the corporate media while pretending they don't like them are the kind of people that will jump on this and say, you're wrong because you said something that is clearly easy to prove. Which is that there are endocrine-disrupting chemicals that are all over the world. Your water, your food, your everything. Just like dioxins and PFAS, those are both EDCs. And they're called endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Do you know why? Well, Jordan, it's because they disrupt your endocrine system, which is literally involved in your home. I mean, it's really crazy to think that they can't piece this together. Now, the point is... He is clipping this image. Actually, I forgot, I'll play it for you. He's showing this this video of RFK speaking with Jordan Peterson, and he says that there are chemicals that are leading to things like sexual dysphoria. Now, he then waters that down to chemicals in kids' water are turning them trans. Now, Jordan, as you all try to make this out to be, he is acting like Alex Jones, what you just did is more so like Alex Jones than anything RFK has ever done. Frogs are turning turn the frogs gay, right? Which, by the way, He was, in a way, in a really abstract and ridiculous, clownish way, saying something that was correct. I honestly think that's why that happened. Maybe he doesn't know it. Maybe I'm wrong. I've said that for so long. I believe people like Alex Jones play a very important role in keeping us all divided, whether they know that or not. Maybe they do. But the point is, by saying chemicals can lead to gender dysphoria, which I'll show you peer-reviewed science to back it up, and then turn that into chemicals in water, turn them trans or gay, that is intentionally intellectually dishonestly creating something that makes him look stupid so you can feel like you're superior this is so frustrating and a lot of people jump in and say you might want to learn something before you get on your high horse and you can read right here for the point about whether yes we know they're dangerous but then okay the bottom line is i can prove to you with 10 seconds in a show we already did that it is obviously a problem and it does have an effect but a lot of people kept towing this line The serfs, which I wasn't familiar with, but they seem like a reasonably large account. Same kind of point. This is Alex Jones tier. And why? Because they screenshot Patriot takes that then says, he says chemicals and water are turning kids into transgender. That's not what he said, though, is it? Very different than transgender, which is the movement, than what we know as a disorder that's been around long before this, which is some kind of disorder that can be both psychological but also physiological. But as I wrote, educate yourself. I'm not familiar with your work, but this is a wildly incorrect and uninformed statement that speaks volumes about who you choose to listen to, regurgitate, and your clear lack of basic due diligence on the topic. And I show you the tweet, which I'll get into in a second, because it stems from Mehdi Hassan, which then brings this into the discussion between Peter Hotez and Joe Rogan, which is where this really started from, but we're kind of going backward on this, where he's doing the same thing, and I think this is where it started. This guy is so intellectually dishonest, it makes my teeth hurt. RFK Jr. went on Jordan Peterson's show and suggested chemicals in the water could be turning kids transgender. It's Alex Jones' waters making frogs gay. How long have I been making that point? It's so interesting how this comes back around. Ah, and I see from the replies and the quote treats that Twitter's army of blue checks, which he has, by the way, copy and paste overnight attrusting experts logged on. Like you see the, see the, I mean, this is the kind of people that are pretending like they're smarter than you, the kind of people that are doing the very thing that they would later call racist, bigoted, assumptive, broad stroke, whitewashing. That's exactly what he's doing right there. How in the hell do you know what everybody's saying? The thing that you think, the fact, what, that atrazine is an endocrine disrupting chemical? It is. That can clearly affect your hormones. It does. So then what are we talking about here? It's just so mind-blowing that these people are taking the stands. And I said this right here as well. Here's Chris Martinson, by the way. Human male sperm counts are down 50% in the last 40 years. But gatekeeper, like maybe, want you to know that you can't be a part of the Cool Kid Club if you dare to ask any questions about it. It's the same thing that happens with discussions that are not supposed to be talked about. Things like, at one point, were NSA spying, floor in the water, W- I mean, you can go off about a thousand different things over the years that have been fake, 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 fake right up until they give you the reasoning and why and that's even actually a lie. The point is, you're not supposed to talk about it because, he's, I mean, gatekeeper's the best word for it. These are the kind of people that, and you could even argue that he's not smart enough to know he's being used as a gatekeeper. That would make sense to me. But overall, it doesn't really matter from the, big, the real, the ultimate perspective. And I include these shows you can watch for yourself if you want to go through this. I'll give you the quick breakdown But I did an entire show on this on the 11th. It's funny how this blows up after we do this show. I'm telling you guys, T-Lab seeds these conversations more than anybody wants to admit. Are endocrine disrupting chemicals causing gender dysphoria? Let's look at the evidence. And then I also interviewed Dr. Peter McCullough also before all this on the 15th. Endocrine disrupting chemicals, gender dysphoria, and the COVID-19 injection, which, by the way, he agrees, is clearly also at least a part of it, an endocrine disrupting chemical. We've seen the menstrual cycles. We've seen the reproductive and fertility issues. It's clearly in the same ballpark. So very quickly, and you can go through this. I would recommend you watch this show if you really want to go through it in depth. But here is one of the studies from 2016, peer-reviewed. And no, this isn't a smoking gun, one-stop shot. I never argued otherwise. The only thing I'm arguing is that endocrine-disrupting chemicals are very clearly associated with gender dysphoria. And if that's the case, then we can very clearly say that chemicals in water and elsewhere are, in fact, in some way leading to those very things. And here is science that makes that point. Increasing number of children are born with intersex variation. Evidence shows that endocrine-disrupting chemicals, or EDCs, in the environment can cause reproductive variation through dysregulation of normal reproductive tissue differentiation, growth, and maturation if the fetus is exposed to those chemicals during developmental times in utero. Now, that's talking specifically about before it's born, right? But it says, and this is just the most important part, chemicals associated with EDC, endocrine-disrupting ability in humans include... And it goes on to list a bunch of them, the organ or or chlorine pesticides, polychlorinated uh, uh, biphenyls, dioxins. We've talked about most of this. Intersex individuals, the last sentence, may have concurrent physical disorders requiring lifelong medical intervention and experience gender dysphoria. Does that mean everybody all the time? No. Does that mean everybody transgender is? No. (laughs) Nobody's making those arguments except the people pretending that we are. That's how wild this all is. But you can read this for yourself, right? It's an objective stance saying it's just simply something we should consider in the conversation. Now, here's a study that says something I think is very important, but you can read it as we go through on the show. And in this very article, they talk about the idea that gender dysphoria is likely not what this is ultimately leading to. But that, that we should still include it for the conversation, because the point is that simply saying that this exposure to phthalates, uh, which is one of the EDCs, one of the most prominent plastics and so on is related to gender-related behaviors in eight-year-old children. I mean, what else are we talking about here? Now, they just didn't make a clear distinction about what they deem gender dysphoria, but remember, this is 2016. That there, there are the, the main point of this is going, well, we're more of the mind that that's a psychological problem, so this doesn't make sense, but we're beginning to realize there's more going on. So this is the evolution of science, but you got read it for yourself. Nobody on this side, at least my side, is arguing this is a, the end of the conversation. 2014, two years earlier. Endocrine-disrupting chemicals, elucidating our understanding of their role in sex and gender-relevant endpoints. Endocrine-disrupting chemicals are diverse and pervasive and may have significant consequences for health, including reproductive development and expression of sex-slash-gender-sensitive parameters. Seems pretty clear to me, at least the fact that it's possible. Here's an article written in 2019. Gender fluidity and hormone disruptors. They may be increasing gender dysphoria. He's a PhD. Doesn't mean you should blindly trust him. Doesn't mean you should dismiss it either. Now, there's a lot more we could get into. I really hope you'll take the time. But I wanted to give a shout out to Kent Lewis here, who just happened to share another new study that I hadn't seen. This is also 2019. Says it at the bottom for some reason. 2019, January. Here's what it says. Scientists are calling for herbicide banned in the EU for the last 15 years, which clearly shows you this is not something we should be ignoring. That happens with a lot of stuff. Glyphosate is banned all over the world. The US tells you otherwise. Glyphosate also, by the way, being a very strong EDC. Seem, it's odd, right? How we're just drenched in this stuff, and they want it want you to know there's no problem. George J- Cherit and Mahabini Hassan are trying to tell you don't worry about everything that's hurting your body. Don't worry about all this stuff. It's just very strange, isn't it? To be with it to be withdrawn in Australia for its effects on male fertility. They're calling for that. The last 50 years has seen a rapid decline in male reproductive health, decreased sperm counts, increased rates of testicular cancer, and a range of malformations in male genitalia have been reported in industrialized countries across the globe. Now, does that translate to genders for you? No, you couldn't argue, possibly, but I wouldn't make that argument. This, whole, this study in no way mentions that discussion. But you have to see with the larger body of work, the work from 2014 forward, really, that has continued to find more and more in this direction and this is specifically about atrazine. Now that's the other point that was happening in this conversation is people were acting like somehow like responding to these kind of comments and saying he's talking about atrazine you idiot. And It's like god man so many people think they're so there's the, the people that follow people like this are the kind of people that they pretend we are. The armchair experts that have no idea what they're talking. I'm not saying all of them, but that's a lot of those people that we engage with here because there's plenty of people that probably my I would argue though that people are intelligent would probably be able to see through this kind of person who does exactly what we're talking about, but I'd like to think anyway. But ultimately, if we're talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals, will that include dioxin? So that's the point. It's amazing that people can't connect those dots. But the major point is that this is exactly what Alex Jones was talking about all that time ago. But you know, I mean, of course, to say him say, the overall point he made in that was correct. Period. I mean, of course I can say that regardless of what I may think about overall Infowars discussions, clearly he was, he's been right about a lot of stuff, but I genuinely think that the way he covered it, you know, there's images of him dressed up like a frog and all this different stuff. It's like, well, was that intentionally to make it, to make a real thing look ridiculous? Maybe. Does not matter? He has a right to do that. Maybe he's just trying to get attention to it. It surely worked. They're gigantic, right? But either way, the point is atrazine is clearly a problem and it's everywhere, Damaging effects on mice and their sperm. It's saying it's commonly used in Australia and the U.S. and it's been banned in the EU since 2003. It is an EDC. And other key studies have highlighted that the, as male fertility has decreased, d- decreased, the exposure to EDCs has increased. It's pretty obvious. More than 1,480 of these EDCs have been identified to date. This is the point they make about all of this, dioxins and PFAS. They are so acutely aware of this. They know where it is, how it's happening, and how dangerous they are. And the weird thing is that it keeps getting worse. Now that's not because they're trying to stop it; that's because they're clearly not caring. There's low regulation. It just goes out. People are. It's the same point when we're discovering the dioxin problem after East Palestine. Oh, weird. We didn't know. It. Yeah, we knew about it for 30 years now. And guess what? It only got rapidly worse. They allowed companies to continue to produce the things they knew were hurting your children and you. Same thing here. Every one of these things are dangerous. And guess what? They could not use them. The government could say, hey, this causes infertility. Maybe we shouldn't use it. But no, no, that would disrupt profit and maybe something more nefarious. Either way, that's the reality. It's like the, the, uh, late in, what were they called the, the piping we talked about where they, they, in, they instead of changing the piping, the old rusty pipes with lead which would cost a lot more money and take a lot more time, they have another thing they're doing where they pump in this chemical-laden stuff, blow it up, heat it up, and then let that work. But, of course, that's super dangerous. The school was just evacuated. People were vomiting all over the place. It's happened 12, 13 times around the country, according to USA Today. But guess what? Still keeps happening, though. Isn't that weird? All it's about in that one case is just money. That's all it takes. I mean, anyway, see, as I get distracted, guys, but see, I find those little side points to be important, personally, but let's keep going. It's basically the bottom line. I think I could probably just skip the rest of this. The point they're making here is that this is dangerous, and they've known this since a long time ago, and it absolutely has an effect on your body's hormones and EDCs, endocrine disrupting chemicals. So this all started, of course, with the conversation of Joe Rogan calling out Peter Hotez where he's saying, hey, you know what? If you're calling RFK misinforming. Why don't you debate him? And of course, this spins out into this complete meltdown where Hotez is contradic- contradicting himself in flagrant fashion, which he seems to do all the time, actually, but in a very real and obvious way that even his supporters are beginning to take notice of. Now, you can watch this clip for yourself. It's a four-minute clip. I think originally shared by Pierre Corey. And it's great. It's, it's, it absolutely exposes this person. Now, people don't want to realize that who, who want to follow this person. but somebody And even Rogan was just kind of flabbergasted by what he says in this clip about somebody who was promoting the idea of health while living a wildly unhealthy lifestyle. That doesn't make any sense until you realize what these people are really about, in my opinion. You can watch it for yourself. This is an older interview, by the way. It's not the, the, one of the earlier ones. But the point is that it kind of spun out of control. Now, this was this was um, two days ago. He, Peter Hotez, of course, started playing the victim card. That's after the video we played for you the other day, right, where that guy went. And as far as I can tell, he's on public sidewalk. The guy's not in any personal area. So it's not really harassment when somebody's on a public location. And the guy didn't really do anything that aggressive. He the only the last thing he said was a little bit of a snipe. I almost wish he didn't do that because you could have just argued. I was just walking by, and I just wanted to ask him a question. And now he's the one framing this as an attack, being threatened and hostile. It's ridiculous. You can watch the whole video for yourself. He's spinning it out of control because this is all about an agenda. Now, look, I've, I said when it happened that we shouldn't be doing that because uh, exactly like this. What did I say when this happened? They're going to use it against us. And there you go. It's exactly what happened. Now, you may disagree. You may argue that what we should do is—, is protest at their houses, like some of the people out there you may know or not know have been saying for a long time, and I don't trust them at all anymore. But the point is that ultimately that is a is a guaranteed way to get them to have an excuse to do what they want to do. That's my opinion, but you guys think for yourselves. The point is that after that happened, he played the victim card. Now think about how insultingly ridiculous this is. First, because it wasn't even the way he's framing it. The guy just was basically saying, oh, Peter Hotez, and he shook his hand. The guy literally, he, Peter literally shook his hand. So it doesn't sound very harassing to me. And then he goes on to say, oh, well, what, what about this? What, why, don't you, why aren't you debating RFK? And he goes, oh, come on, man. Um, whatever he said. And then he went back inside, and the guy just yelled later, well, what about all the kids and side effects? That's all that really happened. I still think that that's something that is giving them excuses to frame us like they did. But this is a guy literally calling you a terrorist. It's not, I'm not being hyperbolic. Because you have a different opinion. Won backed by, peer, by peer-reviewed science, mind you. Which, by the way, again, I've said a thousand times over, does not mean that I'm saying peer reviewed science should be blindly trusted. That's the same stupid thing as saying trust the science. Simply by pointing out that it's backed by peer reviewed science is just simply by using a thing that people are telling us we should be trusting. Trust the peer reviewed science. Then they go, well, here's a study that says something you don't agree with, and they, they disagree with it because they're hypocrites. But the point is, trust the scientific method. Peer reviewed science can be wrong too. But nonetheless, the point is, the, one of the highest levels of science is peer reviewed science. So therefore, Our opinions are backed by some of the highest evidence available. And yet he's calling you a terrorist for thinking these things are hurting people, for thinking that masks aren't working in regard to the way they tell you they are. All these things we talked about. And now he's getting called out by everyone as the disinfo agent that he is. Last resort, frame it as a fringe attack. That's where it's going. Now here, just so you can see what he's been saying, this is from 2021. We talked about this a while ago. The anti-science movement is escalating, going global and killing thousands. So remember, the words are violence game. We, this is It's still been escalating. This is important because you're not allowed to have an opinion that they disagree with because your opinion kills people. That's the absurdity that they've created, right? Even though the reality is they're not just their opinions, their actions are quite literally killing people. It's, it's a weird situation that we're in today. The, the anti-racists the are the ones calling everybody racist, right? The, the, I mean, it's everything you could possibly look at. I mean, the fascists are the ones calling everybody fascist. The Nazis are the ones calling everybody else Nazis. It's, out, it's, it's completely backward. And that's by design, I think. Rejection of mainstream science. And think about what that even means right there. Rejection of mainstream science. This is the absurdity of calling people anti-science. We're literally pointing to other scientific studies. And you call those people anti-science. It's because they don't know what else to do. That's called being intellectually dishonest. Or like I said about Hassan. Literally starting the conversation, which I think I've got that up here. Yeah, that's right. I'll get to it in a second. Literally starting the conversation by calling RK an anti-vaccine nut. Really objective. The point is that he's outspoken about being pro-vaccine. He's just like something that I I wouldn't say I'm necessarily pro-vaccine, but I would say that I've always argued that, well, if what we understand about vaccination is correct, I would argue that with good intentions and free choice, that there might be a way that these could be used to help people, as long as you have a choice always to say yes or no, right? And obviously, the intentions of these pharmaceutical companies and the government, I don't believe are good. And again, that's if what we understand is correct. That's a big if. They would still call me anti-vax. He is further than that, saying that these things are helping people and blah, 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 but the current versions are problems. The point is, think about how dishonest that is. He knows well that's not the case, but of course he calls him anti-vax. Or says that he's saying the f- water is turning them trans. It's not what he said. You, and, and on top of that, he knows well that that's something that you can prove with peer-reviewed science. He's, he's, these guys are dishonest people. And, med- and mainstream medicine, but I guess whatever they want that to be, has become a key uh, feature of the political right. So here's where this gets so dangerous. And don't forget, he's kind of drifted a little bit away from this lately, but this is becoming a left-right paradigm issue. He literally folds in the, the concern about the dangerous killing vaccine that we can see today. And it's not hyperbole, guys. He's folded it in this article with foreign policy, with Russia bad guy, even with the concept of the vanilla ISIS it's really obvious that this is more than just fighting for, for scientific integrity. It says anti-science has emerged. And realize they're using this as like a, a, it's the term. It's its own thing. Anti-science has emerged as a dominant and highly lethal force. Who in the world, who, who's anti-science? Who are we talking about here? He's clearly in, like today, he's calling RFK anti-science. While he literally shows you all of the studies that these people pretend aren't there. Same thing I'm doing and one that threatens global security, as much as do terrorists and nuclear prolifer- uh, proliferation. They're telling, he's saying that your, your opinion about this whole situation is on par with terrorism and nuclear proliferation. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. But that is what they're trying to do. Put you on the same par with people that need to go to Guantanamo with no due, no due process. We must mount a counteroffensive and build new infrastructure to combat anti-science. Again, it's just this nebulous thing. It's like a, like a force they're fighting. Just as we have for these other more widely recognized and established threats. So now you're right up there with terrorism, guys. Don't miss the point. Now anti-science is causing mass deaths once again in COVID pandemic. Oh, really? Like, see, this is 2021. Realize all of this has become fake news. Even people that were once saying this have come to realize that they've been lied to. Disinformation campaigns that that dismissed the severity of the epidemic. Now, I'm not going to go through every point because it's just absurd. But just let's take the one, right? This is not just picking the one study like they always love to say. I've gone through everything they've pointed at and all the studies before this. The reason this is the one that I've stuck with for the last however many months is because this is the current level that I can see. It's peer-reviewed. It's on severe Science Direct. It's from 2023, hasn't been retracted. And you show me a study that's come out since then that is trying to argue the overall infection fatality rate pre-vaccination. The point is they're afraid that they won't do that because this is what it shows. So this is the current standing highest level science on this topic that I can see. If you got something else, send it to me. I will go through it, regardless of what it finds. Ionitis group, very, very respected. The point, as you've seen, is that the global level before vaccination could have been as low as 0.03 and 0.07. That's under 69 years old, and 94% of the population is younger than 70. So that means 94% of the world was at dramatically less risk than the flu. This is the current level of science. So either he was lying right there or didn't know and pretending his stance was the truth. Then he goes on to say, promoted hydroxychloroquine as a spectacular cure while downplaying the importance of masks. This is what he was telling you was the truth. The full anti-science agenda of the Republican Party, of course, this is the point. If you out there think that these things might not be as safe as they're saying, well, you're, n- you're now a right-wing conspiracy theorist. It doesn't matter if you're on the left, because that's intelligent, right? Has now gone beyond our national borders. Think about how dangerous that is. He is. This is the opening the door part to well, we have to stop this. We have to do something about this movement that is going around the world. And guess what? Russia is doing it. (laughs) Oh, you don't say. Adding to this toxic mist are emerging reports from U.S. and British intelligence, because we can trust them, that Putin-led Russian government is working to destabilize democracies through elaborate programs of COVID-19 anti-vaccine and anti-science disinformation. Wow. Well, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Russia or every government everywhere was actively doing things like this to their enemies all over the world. The point is, Aside from that, you can easily prove that this is not some disinformation campaign, but peer-reviewed, high-level, current science that is showing you he is utterly wrong. It doesn't matter, though. It finishes, we must be prepared to implement a sophisticated infrastructure to counteract this. Oh, you mean the Great Reset? Yeah, it's perfect. Similar to what we have already done for more established global threats. So you are a global terrorist threat. Anti-science is now a large and formidable security issue. Guys, this is not just a normal scientist speaking up about his concerns about things you think. This is far more deep than that. That's my opinion. But I think it's quite obvious when you're drawing in foreign policy and geostrategic discussions. This guy is not just about science, man. There's something much more dark here. Again, my opinion. The facts, though, are very clear. What he's saying through this is not true. And by the way, because I'm censored, you can't see it. But here's a couple more examples where he says in 2022... The United States is prepared for terrorists, not anti-vaxxers. Right there. Again, you're a terrorist, he's saying. Many thanks to Ross Story for the quotes and citing my recent paper. Here's another example that you can't see. Here's the color, is the screenshot. In addition to our, in this this tweet, he's talking about RFK Jr., Del Bigtree. And the link's here. If you want to go scroll up, it's right there. In addition to our homegrown anti-science terrorist groups, pretty clear, it's capitalized. They're, they're this is they're making an entire anti-science is a terrorist group to them, which, by the way, you're not anti-science. We're literally using science to prove they're wrong. I've explained to both Biden admin and U.N. agencies, U.N. agencies about doing something in regard to Putin and the Russian system of weaponized health communication. Okay, this if they, he believes this, this guy has lost his mind. Not to suggest that Russia doing something like this might be outside possibility, but the idea that he's literally saying anybody, anywhere in this country who believes these things are hurting people is not just a anti-science terrorist, but being seized by Russian manipulation. It's just, this is the red scare level stuff that happened before. These people are the technocrats that are desperately trying to take control of your lives using their technocratic standing, right? What that ultimately means The classic understanding of it is elitist run government, right? Or rather specifically, scientists, engineers was the original concept. But they believe that they're better than you. That's what elitist means. Why does Peter Hotez think we're mass murderers? You can read this for yourself. I've already gone through this. WHO citing what he said, anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression. So think about that even. So you're not even allowed. Let's just say you genuinely think every vaccine is bad. Isn't that your right? Of course it is. And so you decide to protest. That would be anti-vaccine activism, right? Well, he's calling that, without any other information, aggression. You see how that works? Because you have an opinion and you want to stand up for it. Now it's aggression, right? Like we just saw with that discussion of the protest at the school. They called it a disruption and and bigoted racism because they're protesting against the trans movement. But of course, when the trans movement comes out and protests the other way around, well, it's free expression and protected speech. I mean, they must know how stupid they sound when they're actively Crit, being double hypocritical acting in double standards but you know why they've already decided their opinion is more important than yours so it doesn't matter right you're just a bigot you can't think that that's the wrong opinion therefore we don't have to pretend that free speech matters for you and if this really if this was really pushed to, to shove that this was how they feel in a lot of cases here he is tweeting recently I think this is from today oh, oh wait this is uh, yesterday. RFK and the lies of the anti-vaxxers, many thanks for your support, it says, is a threat to your health. RFK is a threat to your health, he says. So it's all about threat and attacks and terrorism. Why? Because you have an opinion. And guess what? You're right. And so instead of debating RFK, which is what was put out, Joe and plenty of other people, I think it's over a million dollars they're offering him now. And he was like, give me $50 instead, kind of. And then deleted the tweet, which because it was gross and disgusting. The point is, he runs, as I said, to where he's sure there will be zero pushback on his false statements. Only blind agreement and unchecked snipes, as, as they ignorantly label racist conspiracy theorists, clumsily labeling RFK anti-vax as he advocates the opposite, shows their intellectual dishonesty. Now guess what? I said that before they started this show. And here's what he actually said. Shocker, I know
1: true to what RFK Jr. and other anti-vax nuts have claimed. There is no
2: connection between vaccines and autism, no connection, no established, documented connection between vaccines and serious diseases or mass death.
0: I mean, I can't ca- that, think about somebody actually saying that today. Now, look, you could argue that it's in, people are overblowing things and sweeping in other things that might not be the case. You know, oh, he collapsed. It has to be the vaccine. Like, that has to happen to some degree. But you literally stand there with your smug hubris and act like uh, this is what he always is about, this sniping a smug kind of stance that he's so much more intelligent than everybody in the room, and you're wrong. Like, are you really going to pretend that there's no connection to any vaccine, first of all, which is what he just said, in any concept of large death? That's just blatantly false. There has already been vaccines that have been pulled for that exact reason, but the point is that you can literally prove, with all of the highest-level science today in every single category, that he's wrong. These things are hurting people. I mean, even Fauci admitted in his own article that this was ultimately a failure, and they are just tripling down. And of course, he opens by just laying out everything for him. Like, what is this an interview, or are you guys just high-fiving about your own little team discussion? I mean, this is pathetic non-journalism. But again, an anti-vax nut? Like, think about taking somebody like this seriously
2: other anti-vax nuts have claimed. There is no connection between vaccines and autism, no connection, no established
0: documented connection between vaccines and serious diseases or mass death. Vaccines tend to save lives across the board, do they not? That's what the peer-reviewed evidence overwhelmingly shows, does it not? And people are dying. Oh, oh, no answer? Yeah, because clearly this is just a monologue that has no need for hotels. See, this is just bad journalism. Guys. Right
3: now from COVID still, because the evidence on COVID vaccines efficacy is being ignored or shouted down on social media. Well, there's, there's three, three or four moving
0: There's not a point even here. You, Please take a time to listen to this if you if you want to understand what they're saying. It's the same stuff. This was not meant to be an interview. This was meant to be a reestablishing of what they've already laid out without giving anybody else a say, because that's the only way they have these conversations because they're afraid. Oh, you know, what? I forgot to play this. It's a quick clip. This is just the one I was showing earlier about what RFK
4: was actually saying. And apocalypse. Use. Stand. i see the, these huge levels of depression and despair uh, loneliness in kids and i don't think that there's a single cause to it um and i think blaming it on you know depression about climate is probably oversimplistic. and in fact
0: it's actually quite ridiculously stupid like i mean real like i can prove to you that there are Fear mongering around the, cl- the 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 false fear mongering around climate change is causing kids to be depressed to some degree, but to act like that's everything—that's just leaning into the climate lie. But he clearly said not one cause.
4: I think a lot of the problems we see in kids, and particularly boys, it's probably underappreciated um, that uh, how much of that is coming from chemical exposures, including a lot of the sexual dysphoria that we're seeing. They, I mean, they're. Sw- Swimming through a soup of toxic chemicals today.
0: It's easily proven, right? And this is what Jordan Sherratt and the rest of them want to call turning kids transgender. It's not even what he actually said. And what he said is easily provable. So this is just a low bar that they've set for most of these people, which they know, by the way, is probably why they do it, that if they say the certain thing, they'll get patted on the head by all the rest of them. And you'll get pulled up just like the Rachel Maddows of the world that keep getting it wrong and keep getting promoted because that's how it works in this false world. But as it says, anti-vax disinformation. Now a lethal force in the United States. Lethal. See, they're tripling down. They want you to know that they think you are a violent threat. It says, offering to go on Joe Rogan, but not to turn into the Jerry Springer show. But this is just so so bad. I mean, it's just bad. Like, these people are broad-stroking everybody, anybody, anywhere that has any concern about this. Because that's how desperate, at least to me, this feels. Here's where it gets even more interesting. Five Times August makes a great point. I remember, got to pick up the pace, Ryan. we want to make this quick? <laughs> don't, he says, I don't get it. All Peter Hotez has to do is go on Joe Rogan's show and put RFK to shame, right? It shouldn't take very long, right? I mean, Kennedy believes, and obviously he's playing into the narrative in unsubstantiated asinine conspiracy theories. What an awesome chance to shut down the entire COVID conspiracy and anti vax movement, right? Isn't that what they're saying? If it's that easy to show that he's lying, how, why wouldn't you do it? I think we all know why. That should be enough motivation to jump on the show and shut up all those crazies. But the fact we won't even do it for a charity. He says, hmm, I mean, Kennedy isn't a doctor. Joe Rogan isn't a doctor. Hotez has irrefutable science, trademark, backing him up. What's the deal? Maybe all the hubbub about how a debate would give credibility to those crazy conspiracy theorists is because, in fact, it is credible. And if it's not, well, enough people in the world seem to believe it. So it must be stopped, right? The hype is built now. There's no going back. If Hotez refuses what should be a simple and easy debate with the kooks, then he is allowing and enabling the misinformation to continue. And it's a great point, right? Even from their argument, isn't your point that they're winning? He's the one saying there's seven books to my one, right? So you're saying you're going to allow it to be a problem? So that either means that you guys want to maintain this, or you know you can't stop it. I mean, there's just no way to not see through what they're telling you or what their, their lack of action speaks volumes. If he truly cares about the truth and well-being of the world as he claims, he has no choice. that He must do it. But he won't. He won't. And we know this because he cannot sustain the argument. Just like RFK has been pointing out many times his conversation with Paul Offit, with, with uh, Fauci. Right? The point, just taking that one point. There's a lot he's made. But take the one point about the concept of whether these vaccines have been tested in a way specifically on Vax versus Vaxxed. They haven't. See, simple, right? If I'm wrong, prove it. Wrong. Prove that I'm wrong. Pro- well, better yet, prove that he's wrong. RFK is calling anybody out to say, anybody anywhere in the world that can show me one study that shows that this is the case. Guess why is nobody producing it? Why is it on every single channel? Why isn't Hotez posting it all over his Twitter account? Because it doesn't exist, guys, because it's pretty simple and easy to prove. That's why Fauci pretended to look for it and then said he'd get back to him and never did. That's why all of them keep doing that. Now, my bet, my argument, it's going to be there's probably going to be a narrative that swings around at some point because they can't get away from this that makes the argument that, no, we never said we didn't do it. We just said we never needed to. Conspiracy theorists. And then all the people will say, we never said it wasn't there. We said, just like we never said it didn't stop transmission. We never said vaccine passports. are not All of them, just like every other conversation. That's my prediction. Matt Orfila comes out with a great point in this. This is Peter Hotes writing something in 2020. Guess what he says. Scientists themselves must, must engage in skeptical public and lead the defense of science. Combating anti-science is what this was called. He says it will fall to the scientists themselves to respond, engage in skeptic- a skeptical public and lead the defense of science. He says, ultimately, we can't, we can help defeat anti-science movements by creating a cadre of top scientists ready to engage and incentivized. Rogan, will you please engage? I'll donate money. Doesn't do it. And then uh, Dr. Eric Oh So Good points this out. He says, I have deep admiration for Peter Hotez, but you really can't write this and then do a, uh, I'm not going to debate the guy, I'm just a scientist, when the worst anti-science figure in the country throws down the gauntlet. Now, of course, he believes that RFK is the worst anti-science. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know how anybody can make such an argument. The worst anti-science? I mean, come on, guys. Like, you can argue he's wrong, but for crying out loud, he's done a lot of excellent work on all sorts of medical freedom stuff and environmental stuff. I mean, he used to be a a, a very—I mean, I'm going to get off the case. The bottom line is it's just silly that people are falling in line with this. But either way, even somebody on Hotez's side is going, look, dude, you can't write this and then pretend like the opposite is the case. He says, ultimately, combating anti-science movements— And their organized activities will require a complex response. I believe that a critical element must include expanded visibility for scientists themselves, who are both in the mix. He says, and simultaneously comfortable with engaging the public, versatile in using modern tools of written oral communication. So he's literally contradicting what he said was the way to do this. You know why? Because he knows he'll lose. My opinion, very clear to me, as she says, Mary Talley uh, Bowden, bold and pathetic. He writes, scientists shouldn't debate gaslighters. Changing your tune a little bit, huh, man? Well, somebody else points this out, and I don't even know if this is really a quote, but I think it's just a funny point. He's saying, uh, Karl Marx, but he's saying, accuse your enemy of what you are doing as you are doing it to create confusion. Sounds like something they would say, but the, you could argue that's a, a, one of those old Nazi idioms, right? That, you know, they accuse them of that which you are guilty, or rather specifically uh, um, Goebbels and the propaganda, and, and even going back to like a Bernaysian concept, right? The idea of of the manipulation involved. The point is, that's what he's doing. They are gaslighting everybody because they know that they're wrong. This is my opinion, but I don't think it's an opinion. I think we've proven this with science, because we're anti-science, right? <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, here's Mediasan, Hassan, and this is, again, the broad brush. The in, This is the intelligent journalist journalist that is telling you that he knows anybody out there anywhere who's responding, many of which he blocked because that's what they do, right? Until now, I thought the fringe extremist group Musk had most emboldened, you know, despite the fact that Musk is clearly still censoring for the establishment, but, you know, that's how this game works, and energized and amplified on this hell site that he's still on was white nationalists and anti-Semites. But, judging from my mention today, it's clearly crazy and enraged anti-vaxxers. Also, just shift your narrative because today that's your focus. These people are ridiculous, like clownishly ridiculous. National white nationalists and anti-Zemites. It's just—it's unbelievable the way that they try to make this out to be. It's just clumsy. You're a bunch of racist conspiracy theorists, isn't that all? Is that all you got, Maddie? That's all you got? Just a bunch of words, and just, you're racist. <laughs> you're a liar. Good job, man. Surely conswaying a lot of people. The bottom line is he wants you to think that you're a bad person if you think these things and just to scare meek, feeble-minded people into running away from engaging with this conversation. That's what it's all really about. Here's Dr. Ben Tapper, or excuse me, Ben Tapper, pointing out something I found very interesting. The CNN article says, a prominent vaccine scientist says he was stalked in front of his home. Stalked? See how that works? But he writes, after mainstream media did its hit story on the disinformation dozen, And the press secretary in Biden called us out on national television. This person, Dr. Ben Tapper, his clinic was vandalized. Their phones were hacked. They received multiple threats. His home was broken into. His truck was vandalized. His social media account that was reaching millions of people per month was deleted five different times. His PayPal Venmo accounts were seized. He says, Peter Hotez, you and I are not the same. This is what a child looks like who is screaming about something. He's trying to create a situation where an, a person, who I would, again, argue is maybe mildly inappropriate, decorum, whatever, but again, how else are you going to have a question? There's plenty of people out there that argue that's the only way you're going to get a question from these people. Maybe they're right. I still argue that it's just the wrong tact. Either way, he's making it out to be the victim here. This this is somebody who was completely a victim of the establishment, who, as far as I can tell, hasn't been going around the... the corporate media outlets to try to scream about how the, the point is they don't care because this person was somebody standing up for your medical freedom and that's what actually happened to him. Not some guy oh my god asking you a question. <gasps> he, he, what, what a threat. Think about how interesting that is. He felt, This person says if Hotez is upset at being politely asked questions by a single guy the anger of those bereaved and injured by m- my by big pharma products he pushes should absolutely terrify him. Which by the way and he blocks these people. I think the, that's the case. I think these people are terrified. Jordan Satchel points out something in, in, interesting. Went down the rabbit hole on anti-parasitic vaccines in Africa, and the conspiracy theorists are right. Shocking, I know. These shots killed kids, and the WHO and Dr. Hotez endorsed them anyway. Now, we can go into this in depth, which we probably should in another show, but this is easily, like, Jordan does a good breakdown this. You should check it out for yourself. This is real, guys, and this is the kind of thing that's just an older story. This is what I think they're so concerned about, is all this stuff is getting dredged up by even people that they that used to support them. Even Gates, Inc. ran away after the trials were an unmitigated disaster that showed double mortality in the VAX cohort that Hotez killed, still supported. It's very difficult to find online, but he's got the results here. You can check it out for yourself. These are the officially published efficacy results on the malaria VAX. Supposed benefits virtually non-existent. Substantial risk posed to the VAX group of each one of the four injections, but he said it worked anyway, just like they're doing right now. Doesn't that matter? He points out, nice work, I covered Hotez's exploits in Africa, Dan Cohen, particularly during the human experiments he and Fauci ran in Liberia for Ebola alongside the U.S. military. Says Peter Hotez is a frontman for the gigantic U.S. aid Gates Foundation neglected tropical disease industrial complex that conducts pseudo-medical experiments on exploited populations in Africa, Latin America, and South Asia from his investigation. Full investigation here. Now, look into it for yourself. That's what Dan Cohen is arguing. Now, I the, the part, everything they're discussing, the general point is very real. Easy to look up. Texas Lindsay points something important out and she jokingly says, for Pete's sake, what are the odds? The two people that received funding from NIH for coronavirus gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Peter Hotez. Here's the grant number you can look up for yourself. And Peter Dazak. For Pete's sake the point is that he's involved with everything. And it seems that is a very interesting tie back to his active disregard for any conversation about where this comes from, other than his narrative. Now, this is a clip that I think I have set up to play. Yeah, let's play it. This is Robert Malone, who, by the way, in general today, I'm, I'm increasingly concerned and maybe a little suspicious about anybody out there that is trying to continue the efforts of the MRNA discussion. I'm very concerned. Like right now with where everything is, even if you're an honest person, I think that is a pin needs to put in that entire conversation. Like we just can't keep moving forward with the way these systems are already set up. The FDA and the CDC, they're still acting the same way. They're still the same captured agencies. So that being said, I'm just saying that there's a few people out there that I'm beginning to, I'm a little concerned about. But nonetheless, the words are very clear and very true. Describing Peter Hotez's role in creating what he says is COVID-19 and
3: Wuhan. on. Uh, the fact that Peter was, was involved in the gain-of-function research, going back to Obama's uh, determination that uh, that should not be done. I'm talking about the gain-of-function research, specifically with the coronavirus. So Peter was absolutely involved in the gain-of-function research that we usually think of as centered around North Carolina. Uh, and uh, Peter was Uh, Clearly actively involved in trying to suppress any questions about that gain of function research in promoting the alternative storylines that now appear to be a propaganda campaign that may have been mounted by the intelligence community to deflect uh, attention from the uh, uh, apparent uh, role of EcoHealth Alliance, Ralph Barrick, and Peter Hotez and others in engineering a biowarfare pathogen that uh, ended up uh, intentionally or unintentionally uh, released in Wuhan, whether it escaped from the lab or, or it was seeded, I have, there's no way to know. So Peter's fingerprints are all over this. And then of course he developed a vaccine uh, which was uh, pushed through uh, Indian channels, including the Serum Institute through a partnership which is a more traditional uh, SARS-CoV-2 vaccine that was deployed, I believe, in India and was fast-tracked, Peter does have a deep, uh, long-standing relationship with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, including uh, large sums of money uh, of funding for uh, Mr. Ho- Dr. Hotes' work. Uh, So Dr. Hotez then, during this outbreak, launched the initiative and um, then published a paper attempting to link those that were speaking, uh, let's say in opposition to the approved narrative, uh, in his words, misinformation spreaders or anti-vaxxers. Those are clearly weaponized pejoratives. But that's his language. I would say uh, he was speaking out against those that uh, were uh, speaking an alternative narrative to the one that he was uh, uh, advancing in CNN and many press uh, interviews uh, throughout the COVID crisis. And he wrote a paper and then did a uh, quite a bit of advocacy and now has written a book in which, among other things, he's asserting that uh, those that are Uh, anti-vaxxers or vaccine misinformation spreaders or whatever are anti-Semitic and now he seems in this recent volley of exchanges, I haven't read them all, but he seems to be equating uh, those that are uh, uh, speaking uh, uh, differently from his uh, point of view on these COVID vaccines, he seems to be calling them uh, fascists or uh other uh um pejoratives so think about that right think about the overlap to
0: everything we're talking about fascists really like think about how ridiculous that is how would you even make that leap like you can call people anti-science and conspiracy theorists but how are they even remotely fascist with what you're calling them explain how that even makes sense Clearly, the, the the entity trying to force medical interventions on people, whether for their best interest or not, are clearly the fascist side of this. But, I mean, the point is, I think it's obvious that they, the whole game was to create this overlap, right? The anti-vaccine, anti-science, bigoted, racist, white supremacist, white, like lone shooter, no, it's the vanilla ISIS, MAGA trap. all this stuff. That's my opinion, but I think it's obvious that there's no, it's a clumsy reach. Anti-Semitic? Like, how would you even make that argument? How in the world would somebody say, even if you think every vaccine is killing people and it's all about microchips or whatever argument they want to say is the craziest thing? Where exactly does that become anti-Semitic? And why would you then overlap that with all of them? Because it's clumsy, because this is just about scaring people away. And they do the anti-Semitic scare tactic is what they use for anybody. Anybody, anywhere. Look at Roger Waters for crying out loud. It's just clumsy. And very, people at the highest level of this conversation are not afraid to wade right into that and be like, racist. When you can easily look up what that was, as we all know, as Steve and I talked about, the rock opera, Pink Floyd. I mean, it's just clumsy and sad, but they don't care because it's not about the truth, guys. Here's Ben Swan pointing an obvious thing out that we need to understand. American pediatrician, Peter Hotez. He has a net worth of $35 million. He is considered one of the richest scientists. Hotez earns millions from various organizations based out of China and the United States. You can let that be whatever you want it to be. I think that matters. Now, here is another doctor who decided to speak out about what he thinks Hotez is doing. He says, I'm a physician, and I can state unequivocally, in my opinion. Peter Hotez is everything that disgusts me with modern-day medicine, like Dr. Fauci. He's corrupted, bought out, and a mouthpiece for, quote, the science, trademark. I would personally trust Joe Rogan or RFK Jr. any day over Hotez or Fauci with the ability to critically think, stand up to vested interests, and have the true health and well-being of Americans at heart. Like anyone, I may not agree with everything they say, but find them way more trustworthy and honest overall. But then what do I know? I'm just a physician who tries my best for my patients and is sick and tired of our entire medical establishment and supposed healthcare leaders. 110% hundred and ten percent convinced that RFK Jr. would mop the floor with Peter Hotez in any debate on Joe Rogan. That's why neither Hotez or the establishment will ever allow it to happen. I completely agree with that. It's well said. Lastly, on the couple, I think last two points on this topic, Reed Cooley points out, who by the way is the the uh, I believe it was the oh, the comms director for Sovereign. Which, by the way, you guys should be checking out Sovereign. They got big things coming your way, man. I think it's one of the, these kind of quiet these platforms that have gone out of their way to do all the right things, not work with Amazon cloud services and all these things, and it's caused it's been a lot more difficult for them. But I think they're one of the most ones we support over all of them. But he he says simply, why do Western countries take public health edicts from officials who don't exercise, eat healthy, take vitamins, or you know really do anything that we would argue is something that people should be doing for their health? Here's the health experts that are telling us about how to be healthy. And you know what they're all doing across the board? Not doing things healthy, but saying vaccines are all you need. It's pretty much easy to prove. These are all your health experts. Not all of them, obviously, but it's, and you'll find kind of a similar overlap pretty much everywhere you look. But then, by the way, last point on this, Jason Bassler from the the Free Thought Project points something important out. Now, you, I, I definitely think going over that for a social discussion for what that's doing and how that's affecting the next part of this conversation is very important. Because so I also want you guys to know that you're winning. OK, your information is reaching people. Your efforts are making a difference. That's really important to not lose in all of this because it feels worse, right? As they attack more, and they lash out as they're cornered. It feels worse. The darker before the dawn, that's where we are. That's my belief. On the other side of the coin, though, maybe it's all a scam, right? And so Jason makes a great point. While everybody was piling on Peter Otes, new docs surfaced from a project between the DHS and the University of Alabama dubbed Night Fury to analyze and assign risk scores. One more angle to the credit score, the social credit score, to social media users and your accounts involved in what they argue are disinformation campaigns. Social credit score is coming. We'll probably revisit that and go through this in the future. But Jason's doing a great job as well. Make sure you check it out. But good point, right? We should always consider what else might be happening. Now, another point about this that overlaps this with the vaccine conversation: Jake Shields makes a great point. Fifty-eight percent of babies that die of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, happens within three days of vaccination, and seventy-eight days with seventy-eight with, percent within seven days. This is well documented by Bayer's. He says, are you starting to understand why they don't want any debates? And the point is, it's you can't, this is not hard to look. We've actually made this point before. He says, for everyone who's stupid or too lazy to do a Google search, you can look this up in multiple examples. The Bayers itself, in fact, is the best way to do it. But it says, of 2,605 infant deaths reported to Bayers, which, by the way, represents anywhere between 1% and 10%, it, at best. So it's a hell of a lot more than that. From 1990 all the way through 2019, which, by the way, it's exploded post-COVID-19 vaccination. Just a coincidence, though. We're totally baffled by it. 58% clustered, for those that are new, I'm being facetious, 58% clustered within three days post-vaccination. 78.3% occurred within seven days post-injections, confirming that infant deaths tend to occur in temporal proximity to vaccine administration. It's a peer-reviewed study on PubMed. Point, though, the real point is that SIDS, it means we don't know. And I really want people to understand that. It's not even a secret. But still, the fact that we can even talk about this, about diagn- it's even right here. It says infants, th- where was it? It was somebody wrote that somewhere. I got. I thought I just saw it. In any case, people talk about this like diagnosed with SIDS, right? That people that are, the children that are diagnosed with this, you can't even use that term. Diagnosis is not we don't know. Diagnosis, I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe you could argue a diagnosis could be we don't know, but the bottom line is it means we don't know. Okay, sudden infant death syndrome and is a sudden and unexplained death of a child under one year old. Anything over they call SADS, sudden adult death syndrome, which is just stupid. Same thing though, it means we don't know. Diagnosis requires that the death remain unexplained even after a thorough autopsy and detailed death scene investigation. The point is, it goes down as, we don't know, and then yet they call that a diagnosis. And they act like, and most parents don't even know this. They think it's some kind of fluke illness. Oh, it was SIDS they got him. That's actual people actually talk like that. The bottom line is that this is a real problem, and that this all correlates very clearly the rise. Now, you can see examples of this going back to the 60s, but you can see an explosion of this. Do you know when? Take a guess. Post-1986, the act of 1986, and the indemnification of all the pharma companies, and the, post that, the explosion of vaccines. What do you know? Now, we have Sanafi pointing out, guess what? The FDA just recommended their investigational, long-acting antibody to protect all infants against RSV. So they are pushing this. All of this the same stuff on children. RSV, again, this is the newer version we've already talked about. Children's Health Defense just made this point about the new shot. 12 infants perish in the clinical trial for RSV shot. FDA recommends anyway. We just went over this. Four of the 12 infants in the AstraZeneca trial were from were cardiac arrest. Two... Sudden infant death syndrome. How in the world are you going to have a child die in a study about the injection and then still diagnose it as we don't know? Think about how disgusting that is. And this is where the game is played. A very dark and disgusting game. The FDA claimed the deaths were unrelated. Well, that's easy to do, isn't it? Brooke Jackson points out the monkeypox vaccine they just argued was found safe in kids. You mean for monkeypox, you know, that thing that is clearly barely even, there was a huge emergency that only affected a few people that is only seemingly from sexual contact and yet for kids? On top of that, don't forget that the monkeypox vaccine, not actually a monkeypox vaccine. I believe it was Janios and that was a smallpox variation. The bottom line, they're crazy dangerous. They won't tell you that. We went over all the versions of it. Even the one they argue is the least problematic. The, the actual smallpox vaccine is literally called the most deadly vaccine or most dangerous vaccine. There's articles written about it. They argue because smallpox is so bad that they'll take the safety profile as bad as it is. It's so crazy. But even the one they argue is the not as dangerous is still rife with all sorts of problems. But they say, well, good for kids. Do they even need it? Do they need any of this stuff? The UK Health Security Agency-funded study concluded a single dose of this third-generation smallpox vaccine for post-exposure prophylaxis was well-tolerated in 87 children. It's weird. We just move forward, like not even in mRNA land, and they're just going, 87 kids? It's good. Use it. What happened to these five 10-year programs or the idea of 50, 100,000 people in trials? They just don't care anymore. Did they ever? Well, Jicky points out something important because all of these are talking about the same kind of things. All the directions of these inventions going forward are all in the same direction. Platforms, nano carriers, right? All the same conversation. Lipid nanoparticles using AI created spike pro or rather proteins. So now they're using as we just went over, artificially designed proteins which are guessing at what the change will be. You guys work out how impossible that is then inputting this artificial concept into a platform, which is based on just genetic sequence, and then pumping out something they can make a vaccine out of. Explain that for me. And I guess we just have to hope that there's not a problem in there. And how would we ever even know? Well, here she's pointing out, or they're pointing out, the RNA stays in the injection site. Remember all the, one of the many lies we were told? But we, that's, we know that's not true. It says, oh, we forgot to tell you, though, that the lipid nanoparticle RNA does the opposite. We'll just keep that quiet. Well, it's really what it is, means the lipid nanoparticle that's carrying the RNA, rather mod RNA instructions. That's what it is. It's modified. It's N1 methyl uridine modified RNA. It's what it is. It's not organic. It's completely, it's a genetically engineered substance, which in and of its own, right, has all sorts of problems we've already gone over. So do the lipid nanoparticles by themselves, and so does the spike protein, especially. seems like they just created all of this to be dangerous. The L-lipid nanoparticle mRNA complex is a biologically distinct entity from which we were told, and the point is it goes all over your body. We know this, though, because we've talked about this many times. Their own data showed you that the lipid nanoparticle was all over your body, concentrated predominantly in your spleen and your, uh, what was the other one specifically, but it ended up in your reproductive organs, and it's very clear, and yet we acted like that didn't matter. Biodistribution of nonlinear gene expression affected by delivery route you can look at it yourself this is where the study was that the the images what we just saw it's all in here it's right there here's what it says some intramuscular injected lipid nanoparticles were found circulating in the system what wait a minute i thought that was fake news hotez it's 2022 were found circulating the system, resulting in accumulation in the liver and spleen. Liver, that's what it was. Especially when the lipid nanoparticle sizes were relatively small. Bigger lipid nanoparticles were more likely to remain at the injection site. Transgene expression in the liver was found most prominent compared with other organs. That's not even supposed to be real. Biomolecules such as mRNAs encapsulated in locally injected lipid nanoparticles can reach other organs and tissues via systemic circulation. And we're talking about MOD, not mRNA, MOD RNA. You can look it up in their own documentation. The point, though, is all of that, what does it do? It creates spike protein. And, it, and, and we know, based on peer-reviewed science, which they want to continue to ignore, is that it continues to do so, right? That's the most important part. We know the spike protein is cytotoxic. We know that it's dangerous. At the highest level of peer-reviewed science is making that clear today. It is hurting people. But then we also know, based on the, this, one of the most recent studies on this exact point, that it continues to make spike proteins, sustained synthesis of the spike protein circulating your body. So the lipid nanoparticles, as you can see, continue to go around your body. Then they continue from there to make more or to deliver the instructions for other parts of your body to then produce spike proteins. All of this is so incredibly, first of all, not supposed to be happening. Act like that doesn't matter somehow. I guess this just doesn't want to load, I guess don't know why. I have it on the archived version. I'm going to go forward if I have to, because I don't want to waste any more time. That's weird. I don't know why the way back one's not loading. Anyway, same point. Immune, innate immune suppression. promotes sustained synthesis of the spike protein. That's a huge deal. And it's right there in front of you and nobody wants to talk about it because they know that it exposes something. Well, here's the point. It is probably, according to this expert, one of the most toxic compounds that you can be exposed to.
4: Protein is probably one of the most toxic compounds that um, human beings can be exposed to. Spike causes profound inflammation. It activates clotting. It activates a clotting cascade. It activates platelets. It causes autoantibodies. It causes damage to the endothelium of blood vessels. And then it has some really bad effect, effects on genes and many of the genes involved in cancer suppression. So we now know that spike protein, and although people want to ignore and deny it, actually activates many genetic pathways which lead to cancer. And it's a form of cancer called turbo cancers. And this is related to the spike protein. So it does all kinds of really weird stuff.
0: We've talked about this a lot, right? I mean, this, this is something you can look up for yourself. The association of the cancers. I mean, and this, this, com- this overlaps is something we're about to get into, right? The idea of this lab-grown meat. And multiple studies that have already found that it actually potentially increases your cancer risk, but also it's not actually better for the environment, at least according to some of these new studies. Well, I mean, it's not hard to understand why the cancer risk would be there because it seems to be kind of a cancerous concept of itself. We'll get into that in a minute. But talking about this in general, the risk, Dr. Peter McCullough points out a tsunami of COVID-19 vaccine injuries, disabilities, 1,597,673 adverse events, one third of which are classified as serious. One third, a staggering 60% of cases were reported as unknown outcomes. How is that even possible? Or not recovered, suggesting continued problems. So sad how much they want to ignore. Now, just a couple of quick points, Not because as always, I can't know for sure that what is going on with these specific incidents we're going to show are because of the vaccine. I just, we don't know that for sure unless, this, unless a doctor has proven that, which has happened many times already. But we know that many of them are afraid to make that association because they might lose their jobs. So they ignore it. But the point is, You've never, we have never in history seen this many, one after another, young, healthy adults, athletes, children collapse. Now, more than even just the general point that we can prove to you based on peer-reviewed science from the past years, that the amount of athletes alone that we've seen this happen to is, I, last time I look, it's like 10 times more than any other we've ever seen before, but yet we don't pretend, well, it must be COVID then. Okay, then prove that. Well, we'll know because it's not even really happening. Okay, then which one is it? Clearly, it's no one's caring about the excess death. No one wants to talk about all the cancers and the heart attacks because it's clear that there's something that's going on. You can't just ignore it when it's an unprecedented problem unless there's clearly something tied to that that they don't want to acknowledge. But here we can see a 25-year-old England Patriots player, Malik Grant, died suddenly on May 25th. He was found dead in Miami four days before his birthday. Cause of death unknown. Young, healthy athletes. Now, it could be something else, of course. that Being honest, we have to argue, could be something. But how do we not recognize that this is wildly unnatural? What continues to happen is unnatural. Dr. David Cartland. Now, could it be some other thing? Sure. Could it be some other catastrophic problem that we're not paying attention to? Could it be dioxins everywhere? Yeah, could be any number of things. But it's obvious where we're seeing this correlate with the weird introduction to a genetically altering problem that does very clearly cause mortality. But no, we don't want to look at that. A very small sample of coincidence, sudden death at schools that he never paid witness to pre 2021. He says, "Search for yourself." These poor children are the next generation, and we stand by, ask no questions through fear and apathy. There's a lot of these examples. Boy 14 collapsed at school, died of natural causes. What? What does that even? What do you mean natural causes? And it says, "Oh, they found a pre a heart condition that no one saw before this." Well, gee, I wonder if that was caused by the thing that you gave him. I mean, this is what's so frustrating about this. No, look, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hypothetically speaking about it because it could be something else. But we know, as they're telling you, that most people have had at least one of these things. Sudden death of pupil is second tragedy to rock a secondary school this year. It's unprecedented, guys. Loretta school death. Devastating after sudden death of a pupil. Lovely pupil dies after cardiac arrest. in this. These are different locations. March 2023. I mean, it just goes on and on, guys. I mean, look. It's unreal. Died suddenly, student in school, school the teacher, schoolgirl died suddenly in class. All most of these are going. We don't even know what happened. It, it's sad. Here's a rapper that just collapsed on stage. Now again, it could be something else. But is it? It's it, think about how often we used to see this randomly caught on live streams or live shows or on a newscast or in a broad. I don't I could I can't remember one single example. I'm sure there was one, but I can't remember any of them until this. And it is constantly in our faces right now.
5: Hey, Come on, man, give me some pet or
6: something, man.
0: He died right there. Thank you.
4: I mean, how do you oh, explain oh Right. I mean,
0: clearly that can happen. Like if somebody just has, you know, so he's up there, he's talking, he's he's having a good time, and just snap, just dead. I mean, even before all the, like that, like that—that's something that is very crazy. You know, you if somebody has a heart attack, well, it doesn't just instantly die. It can happen, right? That that's certainly possible. But the idea is that this is so common right now that we all know there's something wrong. Everybody, everywhere knows that there is something wrong. And when you kind of simultaneously look at things like this, it's kind of hard to miss the obvious. This is just exposing the darkness, pointing this out, the most damage damning evidence to date of vaccine heart damage and death. You're talking about a study from South Korea, which is very clear, as many of them are just to cut to the chase. Now, you can get into the information. As always, most of these things tend to make an argument that, well, you know, like trying to kind of not lose their funding, I would argue, but just cutting to the point of the data. VRM is vaccination-related myocarditis. They found almost 20% of everybody in this who had taken injections, almost 20% of them had vaccine-related myocarditis. Now, I'll offer there. Even the non-serious cases can increase mortality in the next 10 years by somewhere between 26 and 55%. That's a, that is an NIH study pre-COVID-19. Non-serious, non fulminant myocarditis can increase your risk of that much within 10 years. Almost um, to 50%. So when they go, no, don't worry, most of them weren't that serious, 20%. Think about how wild it is to get to a point to where fake news is not even happening to rationalizing why 20% of vaccinees getting myocarditis heart problems is somehow acceptable. My God. Well, let's talk about how all of this is leading us in the direction of modified RNA injections. We just talked about one that's making me really sad because one of our Important people in our community. Somebody who's been with me as a mod and supporting this platform from the very beginning. Marshall, who you guys know, he's a very good person who's struggling through cancer right now, as he's openly talked about in the chat. And the point is that he was told by his doctors to take this injection. Sad overlap. But the sad, the reality is they lied to him over and over. He asked them point blank at three different times, is this injection we just talked about it, the Keytruda, it's this discussion right here. The new modified RNA cancer jab will also destroy your immune system. He asked them three times at three different people, is this mRNA? They said, no. The next person, here, take this, is it mRNA? They said, no. Three, and then after he was given this shot, somebody told him, yeah, yeah, that's, that's mRNA. Afterward, that's, that's malpractice. I mean, that, that pe- that's a crime, guys. That is a crime. That's not informed consent. And the saddest part is he's struggling from this now. He's, le- he's dealing, I mean, it's, it's, it makes me so incredibly sad that exactly what we went over on this show, he's struggling with now after they gave him this shot. It just makes me want to punch something because it's just so frustrating how we can have the tools in front of us. And yet they lie anyway. Or maybe these people didn't even know. Maybe they were lied to, but it doesn't really matter. You can read through this better yet. Watch this, which includes that link. Watch our discussion of this. But here's just a quick point. Right on the documentation, which, by the way, does make it clear that it's mRNA, under the warnings, look what it says. And this is what he's dealing with. Immune-mediated adverse reactions. Immune-mediated adverse reactions, which may be severe or fatal, can occur in any organ system or tissue, including the following. Immune-mediated pneumonitis, immune-mediated colitis, hepatitis, I mean, it's crazy. On, on, on. But the point is, it says infusion-related reactions. Um, where was it? The permanently, it says, if he has these reactions, permanently discontinue this thing, which I don't think they're doing right now. But guess what the most common adverse reactions are, which are reported in, uh, with, it's over 20%. Where was it? Fatigue, musculoskeletal pain. Rash, diarrhea, cough, decreased appetite, disp- I mean, that, those are that's not something to sneeze at. Hyperthyroidism? In combination with chemotherapy, which is what he's doing. Fatigue, nausea, constipation, diarrhea, decreased appetite, vomiting, cough. I mean, the, the, if, peripheral neuropathy, mucosal inflammation, headache, weight loss. I mean, my God, on top of this. And this are, these are the minor things, guys. You watch this show, you'll realize how serious this is because as my point, it will destroy your immune system which is the last thing you want to do for somebody who is going through cancer. It just makes me sad. So please revisit that and keep marshaling your thoughts because it's just disgusting what this system is doing to people. Well, guess what? Right on the the heels of that? Biden's America is facing a cancer drug crisis. Oh, gee, you don't say. Over 90% of their centers are reporting shortages? Well, that seems a little bit too perfect, right? I said, well, get ready for the solution to be Emergency authorized versions of the new mod RNA cancer injection, which by the way, the point was, isn't really new at all. It's been a long time coming. But I could be wrong. But something tells me this is the direction it's going in. EUA would blow my mind, but I kind of feel it coming. Either way, the point is using the situation to go, well, perfect, we have a new solution for that. Now, let's talk about other versions of modified organisms. And this one really, really does... It makes me, I'm, I'm very concerned about this for so many different reasons. We've already talked about the mRNA injections in pork and the, the uh, Tom Rents and the Missouri Cattlemen's Association and all the overlaps there. And this is a very concerning topic in general, but this is bigger than that. This is about actually lab-grown versions of the meat. And this, is, this is chicken, and it's going past the, the gates because we have versions of the, of the ground beef out there. We already see them in the stores, right? This is a brand new one. It was just approved. It's chicken made from, from cultivated cells. Now, I want to go through. Now, I'm sure there are other versions of this growing. No pun intended. But I want, to, I want to get into what this really is about just by using this one example. Now, this is from today. U.S. approves chicken made from cultivated cells. Now, what we're really talking about here are T, uh, 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 stem cells and we're talking about the 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 way that they do this is very concerning because we're talking it's all the same direction we've been getting into right the kind of post human idea or the idea of taking something that already like and it's all stemmed by the way or stemming from the idea that this is somehow you know saving the planet removing the cruelty to animals which to a degree I actually care about that part of it specifically i hate the way this system abuses animals but that doesn't have to be the way it is Right. That's the point is they act like industrialized meat fabrication is somehow the only way. But by by the way, we were just talking with Texas Slim. Just check out the recent slow news data or uh, 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 and wake up show we just did. Because Great, great guy working on a great project in regard to the same topic. But the way that this is going forward is about kind of creating a situation where, one, they can grow the food and no longer need this kind of natural system. But the overlapping discussion while we're talking about modified organisms and mRNA is what else might be going on here. And is this even healthy for you? And does it do the things that they're telling you it does, like save the, your, the environment? I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't feel good about it. Upside Foods and Good Meat are these two companies they're talking about. There's, there's plenty more of them. But as Tom Rents chimes in and says, well, the Biden FDA that approved the safe and effective, which is nothing of the kind, COVID-19 injections have now approved lab-grown meat. Chicken is first. Remember when, right now, the interesting thing is we have fake meat, right? We have like plant-based and different kinds, right? But this is the first one that's lab-grown that is being put out into the world. Chicken is first. Remember when the uh, rhinos, I'm not sure, I think he means what? Republicans a name only. Is that what he's talking about? A po- bill. Gene therapies, not entirely dissimilar to the COVID injections, can be hidden in manufactured meat. Now, it certainly is a, a theory, right? He, this is just some, it's, if you can't acknowledge that's possible, not even to get into whether they would do it. We have to at least argue, of course, that's possible. Should somebody want to do that? For whatever reason, you could do that. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying we can prove that it's happening. But that's pretty crazy to think about, especially when we've already proven that there's a thousand things they've done that cross a lot of lines. And then we also have to remember my point about moral bioenhancement and all the other conversations they've had where they literally argue that if something like this was for the best interest of society, well, that's morally preferable, they would say, for compulsory moral bioenhancement to be administered without the recipients knowing. So they would do it without you knowing because it's better for you. This has been argued many times over the years. To so here is an article from 2020 talking about the myth of cultured meat makes a couple of interesting points with this high level of cell multiplication which is what they're using and i'll get into how the more specifics on how it's working some dysregulation is likely as happens in cancer cells so they're right right out of the gate they're going well there's a problem here in regard to how this could be unhealthy it says the control of its nutritional composition is still unclear especially for micronutrients and iron Consumer acceptance will be strongly influenced by many factors, and consumers seem to dislike unnatural food. So early on, they were going, look, people don't want this. People don't want lab-grown food. They don't care. That's a point that I don't think gets pushed enough. They don't care that you don't want this, right? They, the people, the hierarchy enslaving you, don't really care about what people want. It's supposed to be the opposite, right? Aren't they the living embodiment of our collective will? Is this a democracy? Clearly not. They make up the decisions about what they think is the best for their agenda and then sell it to you as something that benefits you and then create a kind of theater show to make you think you chose it. That's how this stuff tends to work. But the bottom line, that whether or not you care or want this, it's not your choice. Just like the injection, just like climate change, all the things they're doing are for your best interest because it's, you don't know better. You're too dumb to understand. Let let us teach your kids what we want because you don't know. You're a bigot. That's where we are. It's a problem. Well, let's get into how this actually works. There's a great article from One Green Planet. Is lab-grown meat unhealthy, safe to consume? It says, it goes, oh, let's just actually start down here. Uh, where was it? Right here. It says, the scale required for making lab-cultured meat feasible, this is the f- important point, for mass consumption will be the largest form of tissue engineering to exist and could introduce new kinds of genetically engineered cells into our diets. There's a lot of these things that nobody wants to talk about. It's sort of like how they don't care that we haven't really studied 5G, at least not in the ways they want you to see, or all these different things they've already rolled out. What about the transgender movement? What did she just say? It's like we're building a plane while flying It, it seems to be happening everywhere, doesn't it? These are just already rolling out before we even understand what might be happening. And then once something as a byproduct happens, they go, oh, well, we'll here's another thing we'll provide to a solution for that problem. Probably also it was already laid out in the wings. The point is we should care before it gets rolled out, but they don't. There are obvious problems here that aren't being addressed. Candidate topics for research include the safety of ingesting rapidly growing genetically modified cell lines, which is what this is. As these lines exhibit the characteristics of a cancerous cell, which include overgrowth of cells not attributed to the original characteristics of a population of cultured primary cells. These genetically modified cell lines could exhibit the characteristics of a cancerous cell. It's essentially what they are. While these companies don't disclose much to the public about their processing methods, which, how is that, why would that be the case? Their public patents reveal the creation of, uh, oncogenic or cancer-causing cells. We'll look at it in a second. A Memphis meat patent, which is what they originally called themselves, upside foods, on the creation of modified uh, pluripotent cell lines involves the activation or inactivation of various proteins responsible for tumor suppression. So now I'm starting to feel like, okay, this is starting to feel like an overlap with exactly what we've been dealing with. The protein, the delivery, the the way your body's react, all of this feels like it overlaps in a very alarming experiment kind of way. Another patent from Just Inc. describes the utilization of growth factors as part of its growth medium. This process could promote the development of cancer-like cells in lab-cultured, quote, meat products. Additionally, it is possible, possible certain growth factors can be absorbed in the bloodstream after digestion. So the point is they're using something, there's a lot of unknowns in this, to produce the rapid growth. And then whether or not that remains or ends up in your body is something we need to ask. If if they are using stem cells, which it seems they are, cell-based meat companies need to pay attention to the risk of cancer cells emerging in their cultures. A research team from the Harvard Stem Cell Institute, Harvard Medical School, and the Stanley Center for Psychiatric Research at the Board Institute of MIT in Harvard has found that as stem cell lines grow in the lab environment, they often acquire mutations in the TP53 or P53 gene, an important tumor suppressor responsible for controlling cell growth and division. So mutations often happen in this exact area. And they, I mean, don't forget, by the way, there's already been studies that have come out showing that there seems to be an overlap with an increase in cancer when eating these foods. The, their research suggests that inexpensive genetic sequencing technology should be used by cell-based meat companies to screen for mutated cells in stem cell cultures so that these cultures can be excluded. Well, that's not going to happen just like anything else. That's extra work. It's extra testing. That's the digging up of the old pipes and laying brand new ones. Well, that's just too costly and time consuming. So we'll use the inline resin pipes, right? Like the show we did before. In this case, well, that'd be my assumption, my guess. The point though, is keep this in mind as this comes out and ask yourself or find out for yourself whether these companies are stating or in their documentation or on the package, whether or not they have screened for these exact problems. And if they haven't, ask yourself why. Seeing as how there's plenty of science, these links are in here. You can look at the studies yourself that show that this exact process can lead to these mutated cells that can then end up in your body. And the point would be that either that they don't look for it, they don't care because it's not, they, they know that that would be too expensive and ruin the entire process because that's one of the big issues here. I think the argument, one of the stories goes, the first lab grown hamburger meat that became a burger ended up costing $400,000. But of course, that's just the first. You know, it's expensive. We were experimenting, and the point is they're trying to work on ways to make it more feasible right now. And so, when you end up in a situation, and that's one of the big arguments, is that it doesn't seem to even be possible based on how much goes into it. Maybe on a small scale, but to to s- replace the industry that's here, you would need massive efforts, which would cost a lot of money, energy, and so on, and time. And it wouldn't. It seems like it's not actually making sense anymore. But overall. This seems like it would be a way if they needed to include some kind of it, 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 genetic sequencing technology to every single process and every batch. And, you know, that would be more expensive and more time consuming. And then possibly reveal that none of this stuff is even edible. But it says cancer causing additives are prohibited in our food supply under the Delaney clauses in the 1958 food additive amendments and the 1960 color additive amendments to the Federal, drug, uh, federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. These new rapidly growing cell lines might be considered color additives if they are being used to produce the color in the meat. The point is it's all up in the air right now because none of this stuff is, it's all brand new, but it says should require a safety assessment to determine if they contain these cancerous cells before they're sold. Keep this in mind. Something tells me they won't. In describing the scaffolding and growth being used, lab cultured meat companies need to be fully transparent about what ingredients they are using. During the above-mentioned industry nonprofit's presentation, the presenter suggested the growth media could be composed of a variety of different ingredients like proteins, amino acids, vitamins, and inorganic salts classified under the grass discussion, which we've made many times, generally recognized as safe, a process that allows companies to do their own testing and not submit to a new FDA food added review. Of course not. Because we trust these companies, don't we? Since companies are not required to fully disclose the composition of their scaffolding or growth media, whatever they're using internally, potentially exposing consumers to novel proteins and allergens, the new mixture of ingredients should be reviewed under a full FDA supervised food additive review, not grass. It's sort of like saying that we're taking an extra step and that we don't need the full review anymore because we, it's sort of like saying, hey, buy a valence shot. We don't need more safety testing. Well, yeah, you do because these companies are often dishonest. Another major issue associated with processing methods using cell lines and or culture medium is contamination. This is a great point. Unlike animals, cells do not have fully functioning immune systems, right? So there is a high likelihood of bacterial and fungal growth just by being in an open environment. Mycoplasma and other human pathogens growing in vats of cells While lab cultured meat companies emphasize that this type of meat production would be more sterile than traditional animal agriculture, it's unknown how that is true without the use of antibiotics or some other pharmaceutical means of pathogen control, which therein lies the problem. What else are they including in order to stop that? And is that dangerous for you? Do they even care? Based on commentary from various companies, antibiotic usage across the industry is still very unclear. While the industry's promoters have outlined many uses for antibiotics in lab-grown meat production in preventing contamination, they have not disclosed the amount of antibiotics being used in the various processes. Instead, they suggest that because mass production of lab-grown meat will be done in an industrial rather than lab setting, which is interesting, with bioreactors and tanks, there will be a higher safety oversight than in medical labs. That's an interesting statement. It is suggested that the many preventative measures in the industry will remain, will maintain a sterile boundary and deter antibiotic use and production. Deter doesn't mean not use it. It remains a question of how a food production plant would somehow be more sterile than a medical lab. Like, think about that. A lab is the only place something like this should be taking place. This is lab work. This is not growing animals. Very interesting statement. Such companies such as Memphis Meats, who we're talking about, claim they are genetically engineering cell lines to be antibiotic resistant. Well, here's where we're into the interesting part. Memphis Meats is this company. Memphis Meats is Upside Foods. Memphis Meats, Upside Foods. Okay, so what's cl- terrifying to me is that we're talking about a company that is already being promoted and already approved by the government using genetically engineered cell lines that are genetically engineered to be antibiotic resistant. That's crazy to me. So now you're talking about, is there an overlap there? We already know with what we're seeing with GMO foods, with the GMO injections, that there is stuff that translates, that there is an overlap, whether it's genome, the the DNA and, and your genome and all the different conversations we've had. That's a problem. We already see a problem with the antibiotic-resistant fungus and different things growing. What is that going to do? But it says, which would suggest they plan on using antibiotics, but don't want their meat cells to be affected. So it's really about the profitability and the functionality rather than whether it even affects you or hurts you. Problems with bacterial and viral contamination plague medical cell culture. So they generally use antimicrobials. Still. Any large-scale production that requires antibiotic use, even if just for a short-term duration, should require that those lab-cultured meats undergo even stricter USDA drug residue testing, pathogen testing, and FDA tolerance requirements than conventionally produced meat. I would absolutely agree with that. Many other companies claim they don't plan to use antibiotics in expanded production, which begs the question. In addition to supposed sterile bioreactors, are they using other undisclosed processes to prevent contamination? For example, future meat technologies describes the use of a special resin to remove toxins. No, are they even required to disclose what that is? I guess we'll find out. But seeing as how it's already been approved, <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out after it's being eaten. These companies have also not disclosed plans for how they will dispose of the toxins from bioreactors, scaffolding and culture media like growth factors, hormones, hormones, differentiation factors, often including uh, fetal calf serum, blood and horse serum and antimicrobials commonly added to culture cells to prevent bacterial and fungal contamination, particularly in long term cultures. Hormones, guys, think about the overlap. That's endocrine disruptive chemical concept. Like Peter McCullough made that point about hormones in your food and how that leads to the same problem. In conventionally produced meat, animals dispose of these toxins in their urine and feces. If companies can't find a way for this so-called meat to dispose of these toxins, they could potentially build up within the meat itself. And how would we even know? It, it says it is the responsibility of both the FDA and the USDA to ensure that all inputs used in production and the final product are safe for human and animal consumption. These agencies must ensure that lab cultured meat is labeled appropriately, which we know I think we already know is not going to happen. I mean, Tom Rents made a whole point about that happening in just one location, and they all push back all sides of the government. All they ask is that it be labeled in regard to mRNA. Why would that be such a big deal? I think we know why. I mean, there's just no answer to that. It should be an obvious, like, all you have to do is put this on the label. It's not going to stop it from happening. You just have to acknowledge whether or not it has this. But they all pushed back. But then went on to say, but it's not even happening, though. And then people admitted that it was, though. So think about how obvious that is. So if it's not even happening, then why would you care? And if you stopped it, and then we found out that it is still happening, and you lied about it, I think that explains everything. It says, including if any of the product ingredients are genetically modified. Well, obviously, we already do that today. Or if the ingredients are produced using unmodified cells from animals. These agencies must also ensure that this product doesn't introduce new allergens into the food supply. Like, I don't think any of these things are even being considered. Like, let's just take it from a, like a, a, a stance from somebody who doesn't know what's going on, but believes they're doing the right thing. That it's all about stopping climate change? Well, we know where those people's minds are at. It's irrational. They believe we're going to die tomorrow. Two weeks from now. Or if you listen to Greta Thunberg, we would already be dead, apparently. The point is that they're willing to take irrational action. Let people die, in fact, as long as they think that saves the planet. But that's not even what's happening. You see, they're lost in this irrational mindset. Obviously, we're very much hurting the planet. But in no way is the argument that's being sold about climate change, it's scientifically continually being shown to be false today. But nobody cares, you know, because it's all about politics. Regardless of your thoughts on that, you could think I'm wrong. That's your You have every right to do that. The point, though, is that there I don't think these things are going to happen. Because I don't think they really care. Allergy in the food supply, these are going to go, well, you know, that might be a problem, but climate change. Of course, that any hormones or antibiotics used are not found at unsafe levels the final product, and that these pro- the product doesn't contain any compounds or cancer causing cells that have been have not been approved for use in food. The bottom line is hormones and all these antibiotics. All this stuff is already wildly in your food, and most people don't even know that. So I highly doubt they're going to care about this. Lab cultured meat should not be allowed to use to be to use the gen- generally recognized as safe regulatory loophole, wherein companies can hire their own experts to evaluate their products, often in secret without any notice to the public or FDA. Why would that even remote? Think about that with something that's experimental. Sort of sounds like the FDA and COVID shots and everything else. Well, that's very concerning to me. Now, as you can see, the the oncogenic. It simply just means a mutated gene that has the potential to cause cancer. Well, in their own patents, you'll find the information here. Now, here is the patent itself in regard to specifically Memphis meat, as it was originally called. Here's one thing that it says. In some embodiments, the cells of the cellular biomass, which we recently talked about, by the way. I'll just show you that article in a minute. Like the general concept of biomass and and biden's you know future of the you know bio bioengineering future he put out that whole document but they're saying these are the cellular biomass are primarily again stem cells that we we're telling you or what they are what they call self-renewing stem cell lines well that's interesting let's look at what that is it also says in some embodiments the cells of the cellular biomass are myoblasts myocytes fibroblast induced pluripotent uh, stem cells Hepotocytes and uh, you know the, the point was the pluripotent and whichever that, that was the main point of the article made in any case the point though is i'm more interested in this, the self-renewing but overall these are discussions of cells that can be potentially cancer causing or in that same line well here i think that was it right yeah here is what just a quick study from 2009 talking about the mechanisms of stem cell self-renewal you probably won't be surprised to see what it says self-renewal is the process by which stem cells divide to make more stem cells, perpetuating the stem cell pool throughout life. Self renewal. I mean it's interesting by the way, think about the self-amplifying mRNA shot that continues to the sustained synthesis of the spike protein. That's what that is. It's interesting, right? I think there's more going on that overlaps here. It says self-renewal is division with maintenance of the undifferentiated state. This requires cell cycle control and often maintenance of multipotency or pluripotency, depending on the stem cell. Same overlap. Self-renewal program invoke networks that balance proto-oncogens, promoting self-renewal, gatekeeping tumor suppressors, limiting self-renewal. Okay, so again, the point is these proto oncogens and they're talking about specifically the ones we mentioned before as promoting self-renewal that this is the problem this is exactly you can see even right here as they point out that the limiting self-renewal are the ones that gatekeep tumor suppressors the ones they they're discussing are the ones that promote so this what this is the concept of a cancerous discussion and the studies are coming out and making that same point here is upside foods all formerly known as memphis meats inc in 2017 they announced they had raised $17 million. One of the primary backers, lead backers, Bill Gates, Richard Branson as well, and Kimball Musk, Musk's brother. January 20, 2020, another round of money, a big one, $161 million. SoftBank, but as well as Richard Branson again, Bill Gates and Tyson Foods, Future Ventures, Kimball Musk. Tyson Foods, right? This garbage chicken nugget kind of stuff. It Doesn't surprise me at all. Well, just to show you on the article itself, this is, you know, help from Bill Gates. Same doesn't shouldn't surprise anybody. Also, I just want to make a quick point to the cellular biomass point about what this actually yeah, the the patent. We just talked about this in general. You should read this. This we did a little bit of focus on the human biomass part of it was one of the discussions in the article using basically dead bodies to kind of create some new form of energy. It's very interesting and alarming, but the point nonetheless is that this is a real direction, and I think it's funny that it overlaps now. But on top of that, the other point to make is that they have clearly come out with more information. This, But this is before. This is 2019. Cultured lab meat may make climate change worse. That's interesting, isn't it? Growing meat in the laboratory may do more damage to the climate in the long run than meat from cattle, says scientists. You can read for yourself. It's the same points we're talking about. The fact that when it, when push comes to shove, it's sort of like when you realize that a lot of those green energies that were they were discussing, which by the way have uses, and they and whether they're, if they're being forced, it's all about choice. The point is, done a right way, there's all sorts of what they would call green technologies that could be utilized to to help the environment, if you want to look at it like that. But it shouldn't be forced, and it shouldn't be some world economic forum led discussion. My point, though, is that this same conversation, when pushed, when when they did it on a mass scale, it it be quickly was shown to not be feasible, which we're now realizing. Right? I don't. I think that was a choice. Same point here. They realized, wait a minute, when you actually flesh this out, it's more expensive. It causes more problems, and it's just it's crazy. But that doesn't mean it can't fix that problem. The point is, though, this is being pushed. I don't think it's even about solving the problem. As Wittgenstein recently pointed out, lab-grown meat suffers significant setback with shocking new scientific findings. Lab-grown meat is up to 25 times worse for the environment since it needs pharmaceutical grade production, which we just discussed, to make it fit for human consumption. It's crazy. Well, here is the actual page for Upside Foods. You can look at it yourself. But I just wanted to, you guys can read through how it's done. The, I mean, what, what else are we talking about besides this kind of mass reproducing cell reproduction? It's a cancer concept, Right. Harvest formula and enjoy. So just thinking about where this is going, to take it to the extreme conclusion to where it's already being discussed, we see things like this. The artificial womb. Well, what else is this but the same concept? Growing an organic concept in a lab. Well, step one, it's already happening. This is not this is not some conspiracy. This is three years ago. And this is a real company talking about using these little pods, as they say, an artificial womb facility.
4: The devices you see here are called growth pods. Each
1: growth pod is designed to replicate the same conditions that exist inside the mother's
4: uterus. Growth pods are designed to host human fetuses until they are fully developed. These artificial wombs are designed to
1: help premature babies to continue developing after their birth.
0: Yes, but of course you get into the conversation and you realize that it's also about growing life. And we already went over all of this. This this is an older video. Now think about the idea of this pod and growing life to the extent of then doing the same thing in reverse. Human biomass. I mean, this is the kind of dark reality that this is very clearly getting into. I mean, here is a video from uh, Business Insider talking about this in your home. Same concept of an incubator would grow your babies at your home in a see-through pod. Think about that. It's crazy and it, it's alarming. It's not reloading. In any case, it had a little video on there. It's the same thing. It's the same kind of concept. Then taking this even further, which is where we're going to finish the rest of the show on, is kind of this, the direction of this alarming future. Synthetic embryo. So we're now, now we're going past just, you know, growing your, your, your real, your, hold on, make sure I didn't just change my audio settings there. Making sure, you know, the point is that you're talking about growing a human or growing life from something like, like with the meat. So you're taking a cell that does come from a human, of an animal, but then growing that into something it's not. Well, this is going for, this is taking a synthetic cell into an embryo So you're creating life at this point from nothing or rather just not from a human from a human cell. It's a synthetic embryo with brain and beating heart grown from stem cells by Cambridge scientists. Well, I guess you could argue if they're taking stem cells from a human at the same point. So same, I guess it's the same idea. 2022 brain and beating heart. I mean, why is this stuff even happening? Doesn't this, don't, don't the, the whole concept is this, is this is coming, most of this is being done with taxpayer dollars. Well, this is where I get into some really, really alarming stuff. This is where I think this is all going. Now, taking a step back from the, dist, the not so distant future of where this is going, where we're at right now, and by the way, this is where we are right now, just to be clear, but to take it back on what they're telling you, Here's the scientist. Now artificial intelligence can be used to design new proteins. Well, we just talked about this, right? So they're taking artificial deep learning kind of concepts and they are predicting what proteins will be like in new versions of whatever they're telling you is coming next, which I guess we'll have to take at face value because how can we prove them wrong? Hasn't happened yet. It's coming. Medical pre-crime. Well, we're talking about the same thing we just talked about. Deep minds, alpha fold two, predicting the structures of proteins. You just talked about this with the Skycovion. That's what this is. It's using artificial intelligence to predict what this will be. This is already, they're already using this. This is coming. The UK has approved this and it's just simply a repackaged South Korean injection that they already seems to have stopped. It's the same problem. I mean, this is literally everything on steroids. Right? This is alarming. This is the same concept as everything else we're talking about, but they're using a deep learning artificial intelligence to predict what the protein will be, then also still using the platform. That's what's so crazy to me. So they're just creating this from nothing, which, by the way, I'm beginning to think was quite literally what happened to begin all this. Here's the Skycovion, a COVID 19 vaccine developed by these individuals, has won full approval abroad. This protein based. Vaccine outperforms AstraZeneca. Well, really? You mean the one you're all now telling us is the most dangerous, even though it's really not? It outperforms. The point is, they all they're really telling you is it makes more antibodies. It does not require freezing. It's our first designed designed-designed protein medicine. So how exactly do you even know it's going to work? Well, because they did a very small study, and they ignored all the things that hurt you, just like every other study we can find, which we already went over if you'd like to review it in this show. Here's an article about this, talking about the first one wins full approval. Well, so this is the point. Simp- the reason they think everything works well, it elicits roughly three times more antibodies. Okay, are they the right antibodies? Who cares? It has a, a clinical response. That's all we need. That's, we've, we've repeatedly made this point for you guys. They continue to make it clear. We just showed you the most recent FDA discussion where they're going, well, well, we hope we can see some kind of... The, the, the same guy asked the question again. What? How do we know that these are the right kind of antibodies, right? We know there's a clinical response, but how do we know that there's a correlative of protection? And then can you repeat the, the second question?
3: I do. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of data now. What is your protection is.
0: Everybody's measuring antibodies, they're probably relevant, but as we know... That's, that's a long question. We need a quick answer. <laughs>
5: yeah. I would say there is no established correlate of protection.
0: That's exactly what we just got hold again. The most recent one. That means we do not have a correlation between the production of these antibodies and the amount of protection. We assume that the more of them we make, the more protected you are. Because why? Well, we know that the sequence is correct. Do they, though? Isn't that one of the most important points we continue to make? That's not what happened. It's not what happened. Here is the people at World Economic Forum discussing how Moderna never, and still has never, to this day, ever had the live virus in their sight. It was always a genetic sequence on a computer screen.
2: Entering this, this golden era where... Uh, you know, biology is going through its own digital transformation. We have more and more tools that digitize aspects of biology. So, uh, at Illumina, for example, we make the machines that do genomic sequencing. So you put in blood or saliva or plant material, and we'll tell you uh, yeah. the DNA or the RNA in that sample. And there are a whole set of use cases uh, after you digitize, you know, the, the data. And I'll give you a couple. Uh, One was during COVID, so we were called into China in the fall of 2020, late 2020, uh, sorry, 2019, to help them diagnose what was then a flu of unknown origin. And so we did the first sequence of the SARS-CoV-2 genome. That was published on January 10th. And around the world, what happened was uh, a couple of companies, so Moderna in Cambridge and and BioNTech in Germany, took that data and started working on their vaccine. Now, what's interesting is that Moderna, for example, has never had the live virus on their site. It was all a software problem for them. I remember talking to Stefan, and he was saying, look, we're basing our entire vaccine program on that data you published. It better be good data, because that's it. That's all we're using. And, uh, and you can get a sense that Moderna is arguably you know, one of the most, uh, you know, uh, imp- one of the more important companies in biology right now, and yet it's all a software problem for them. And So that's a use case of once you digitize biology, you can solve profound biological problems. Another it's example, good thing you got
6: it right.
0: It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good thing. Damn it, man. It just, it just, how can people be so willfully stupid? Like, think about what you just said, right? I mean, here's the document I show every time, and this is on the way back machine because for some strange reason, Moderna has deleted the work they did. Why would they do that? Aren't they proud of the timeline? Clearly, there's more going on here. January 11th, 2020, Chinese authorities shared the genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus. You just heard him say that. Two days later, January 13th, they had already finalized the sequence, which, by the way, I don't even know how that's possible, first of all. But over on top of it, they, it's a computer screen with a sequence sent from China, which, again, the point they I always make is this is this is Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed. You know, they didn't let us know. China, Wuhan flu, all those statements, except China or excuse me, Trump's warp speed for both Pfizer and Moderna clearly just blindly took China's information then made the basis for all the injections, but somehow we're arguing they didn't let us. Come on, guys. As I said, every, we got to be smarter than this every time. Either Trump is not aware of this, which you could argue, and somebody else is pulling the strings, or he's well aware. Either way, they didn't let us know is a provable lie. They were involved. They worked together. The information came directly from China. They based the entire program on their information while Trump was telling you that they were lying to everybody. I mean, try to make sense of that. The point is that by March, they were already injecting people. And you can prove, as I've played every time, that the CDC from China has admitted that they had not isolated it when they sent that. And why has the data not been shared?
5: No, they didn't isolate as a
0: virus. That's the issue. My point in replaying all of this again, for those that have seen it many times, is that we're talking about something that you can prove was based on the same concept they're doing now, right? The idea that this is a genetic sequence on a platform. The only difference, well, we assume, is that they didn't manufacture the spike protein from a genetic sequence on a computer screen using deep learning. But did they? This is the question I posed today. Is that what happened? Have we been lied to from day one? Well, obviously, yes. But is it this lie? Here's the AI for protein folding MIT review. This is from 2022, I believe. Yeah, 2022. But what it says is by the end of 2020, DeepMind, which is what we're talking about with this, That's this, this is the same conversation. Or was it? Right there. The DeepMind AlphaFold2, this is for the Skycovion, that is predicting the protein structure. It's saying by the end of 2020, DeepMind, the UK-based artificial intelligence lab had already produced many impressive achievements in artificial intelligence. Still, when the group's program for predicting protein folding was released in November of 2020, biologists were shocked by how well it worked. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. Well, I know this does say January 11th, 2020, right? But we've had many different changes throughout this process. Omicron, all these different inputs that suddenly changed everything. I wonder whether this was something that was executed or possibly came out before this. And this is just when it was told to us. My point is, here's 2023. How scientists are hacking genetic code to give proteins new powers. Well, that's pretty terrifying. So now we're going past the idea of actually just predicting the protein structure, but they're actually hacking the genetic code to give those proteins other characteristics that you might not even be aware of. Starting to see where we're at. This is 2023. The point, though, is going to 2020. Artificial intelligence for COVID-19, drug delivery, discovery, and vaccine development. This is the same point. This is the concept of predicting this using artificial intelligence. This is August 2020. So did this already get applied? Have they already tried to predict the protein structures using the platform and a genetic sequence from China, which has never been proven, never been isolated, as far as I can tell, using Koch's postulates? You can disagree with that. The point is you can prove, according to their own statements and information we can prove, that this, when it happened, they did not even need it. So what's the, what's the conversation here? You would scream all day that they isolated it well past this. But what does it matter if they never needed it to begin with? They, they took the sequence, they made the injection, it never changed. mRNA-1273 is exactly what they're still using today. In some variation, as they've added you know, the bivalence and new variants and so on, but that's the same point. So did they even need it? I think there's something to this, and I think what happened was there's some example of this, maybe from the very beginning, where this was the whole point creating a system where they can artificially develop all aspects of this. And then ask yourself if that's even about stopping some kind of illness or just about achieving some kind of end. Well, let's finish with going over the alarming direction this stuff is already taking. This is April 4th, 2023. This amazing molecular syringe could smuggle drugs and gene therapies into human cells. Well, gee, that sounds exactly like the conspiracy theory we were all told isn't real. Molecular syringe. These are tiny nanomaterials that can literally deliver drugs into your body. What does that remind you of? That's right. The Lieber Langer overlap, the nano delivery particles that can deliver things like, I don't know, mRNA instructions. Guys, that's exactly what is happening in the COVID injections. March 2023, the programmable protein delivery with a bacterial contra- uh, contract- contractile. Injection system. I read that differently when I first looked this up, or first read it. Yeah, contractile. Capable of producing contraction. Interesting. So point the bottom line is protein delivery. Programmable protein. Okay? Really understand how alarming that is in the concept of everything we're doing, and then ask yourself if that's already the case. Right? If this was already applied earlier, during this process, we talked about Omicron a lot with Botswana and the introduction of something new and nobody, will, now Botswana the government itself is dis, it, refusing to even tell us where they came from all the way to this day, acting like it's a racist thing, like we'll somehow make it about the, you know, the China flu kind of game. Well, no, because four diplomats, which if I'm going to mention, I might as well bring it up. See, here, here's why I get, see, I'm doing good. We're almost at two hours. That should be a four hour show today, but see, I'm going to take too long right now. I'm going to try to rapidly finish this today, but the point is, as you can see, as I've shown many times, the Botswana government, this is their account, very clearly put this out, saying the virus, the new virus, this was Omicron, If it, you know, assuming it's something that's real, on four foreign nationals was detected. On the 7th of November, long before, you look up right now where Omicron started, it, they'll tell you it's past that in South Africa. How does that make sense? On a diplomatic mission. <clears throat> saying the four diplomats tested positive for this on November 11th, as they were preparing for a return. That sounds like something very fishy. They have diplomatic immunity and no one's ever told us where they came from or why they were all sick and why wasn't the place they came from sick. Clearly something happened right here. The point though is whether or not this was an attempt to test something else. I'm just completely, get- this is just theorizing. But the bottom line is that we need to ask whether this is now where it's going from their delivery, whether this is all a big experiment. The programmable proteins to achieve a certain end, like the ferritin spike protein or ferritin spike, nano, what was the whole, I remember, the the spike protein ferritin injection. I forget the way they framed the new version of it. We just talked about it. There's a brand new injection that's coming out for COVID that's using artificial intelligence, using ferritin injections, nano spike protein delivery systems. It's horrifying. Don't forget the ferritin discussion is the one they termed magneto. The Guardian wrote about this. It was literally used to influence the actions of animals. People listen to this and they think, oh, fake news. It's just so sad. These are peer-reviewed studies that they've literally published in the corporate media. But here's another example of where it's going. Recent progress in radio frequency sensing platforms with graphene oxide for a wireless healthcare system. Not It's not fake news. Recent progress in radio frequency sensing platforms. Graphene and graphene oxide for wireless healthcare systems. You mean that fake news thing that's not supposed to exist? I mean, we, we, as you know well, this is something that's been touted as the next generation vaccine technology long before COVID. And yet, weirdly, when it gets discussed, it's fake news. This is, on, this is from March 18th, 2017. 2017. Mini nukes. Mosquito-like robot weapons being primed for future warfare brain-inspired artificial intelligence to a symbiosis of human intelligence and artificial intelligence. This is where it's all driving. A lot of it, anyway. And then the reality is, in that world, is a world that I don't think any of us want to exist. Here's something that's already happening, as you probably already saw. Amazon shuts down customer smart home for a week after delivery driver claimed he heard racist slurs through the ring doorbell, even though nobody was home. We already talked about this. Exactly what many of us have warned about, and that applies in multiple ways to this, the technocratic lockout from your home or devices, which in this case, they're overlapped, that by itself should be enough. Then add to this that this was perceived racism. He wasn't even home. The point is that Amazon quite literally shut him down based on the perception. And even if he actually did say something, explain why that is allowed or makes sense. This is the world that they're building. Chinese gait recognition tech IDs people on how they walk. And even if you try to limp, to fool it doesn't matter. At least so we're told. (laughs) This is what's happening now. And it's happening in this country too. OpenAI offers $1 million in grants to shape ethical AI and to combat misinformation. OpenAI is Sam Sam, uh, Altman and Derek wrote about that. It's Microsoft overlap. Here is in London. This is the future that's already here. This is the new normal. Didn't you know?
1: So look at this. You're in London. You're on a business trip. You're staying in Greenwich. And you want to buy some food. So you're going to the local oldies, like this one. And you think, I'm going to go in here and buy some food. So I can feed myself. And then you approach the barrier and look. You can't even get in the shop without having a QR code to scan here. Or
4: to scan here. And then you can go in and buy things.
0: And then and most likely going in there, you have to scan again and your things you buy, which are all being monitored and tracked and graded and analyzed. And, and the point here is that you need a QR code and that thing can tell you no, right? Oh, no, you, you did something wrong last time or oh, your social media post said something wrong or you, you questioned climate change. Like these are all real possibilities that we've already seen come to pass. Vaccine people who didn't take the injection should be shunned from society. We watched this happen, guys.
1: Now, this looks to me like the beginning stages of the digital prison
4: that we keep talking about.
3: Hmm.
1: Well,
0: here, Jason Bastler also points out congestion pricing. They just figured out a new way to extort you. Proposals range from charging cars $9 to $23 during peak hours and will go into effect next spring. It's all for climate change, right? New York City will charge drivers going downtown. This is your... 15 minute city concept. Right? So you just have to pay now to go down there. And of course, there'll be there'll be loopholes and, and you know, clearances for people that are doing the right things for the right reasons and companies, and you know, of course, it'll apply to you, the average person. So now it's not really even about the money to me. I think it's about stopping you from going and controlling your movements and then also just extorting you for it. Here's another government post from the Federalist discussion. The address to address the loneliness epidemic. You know what they caused with the lockdowns? The feds want to control your town and friends. This is not a joke, guys. Here's their actual document. Our epidemic of loneliness and isolation. The U.S. Surgeon General's advisory on the healing effects of social connection and community. You know what they stole from everybody. Now they want to control it by telling you how to fix it. Terrifying. Sterling Crispin points out something terrifying. He says he spent 10% of his life contributing to the development of what they're calling the Vision Pro, which is like the new Oculus for Apple, I guess. While I worked at Apple as a neurotechnology prototyping researcher and technology development group, it's the longest he's worked on a single effort. He's proud and relieved that it's finally announced. He says he's been working on AR and VR for 10 years. In many ways, this is the culmination of the whole industry a single product important statement i'm thinking i helped make it real and i'm open to consulting and taking calls if you're looking to enter the space to refine your strategy i work the work i did supported the foundational development division pro the mindfulness experiences i'm not sure why that's blacked out actually i feel like yeah it still isn't there too that's weird actually i feel like it i don't know if it was like that the first time that's interesting the work I did supported the foundational developments of Vision Pro, the mindfulness experiences, something products, and also more ambitious moonshot re- research with neurotechnology, like predicting you'll click on something before you do. Basically, mind reading. Not a joke. I was there. And by the way, they can do that now, guys, with almost near certainty based on your engagement and what you've learned, what they've learned from you. He was there for 3.5 years and left at the end of 2021. So I'm excited to experience how the last two years brought everything together. I'm really curious what made the cut and what will be released later on. Some people are saying in the chat that it wasn't like that before. I, that's, is that Twitter doing that? That's that's pretty weird. I don't know, though. I can't confirm that. He's saying he specifically is proud of contributing to the initial vision, strategy, direction. Uh, let's see. It's cut to the chase. He says the large majority of work he did on Apple under NDA was spread across the... Where was it? I thought I had to highlight it earlier. Okay, it's right here. He says, so a user <clears throat> is in a mixed reality or virtual ex- reality experience and artificial intelligence models are trying to predict if you are feeling curious, mind-wandering, scared, paying attention, remembering past experience or some other cognitive state. And these may be inferred through measurements like eye tracking, electrical activity in the brain, heartbeats and rhythms, muscle activity, blood density in the brain, blood pressure, skin. Can... This is terrifying to me. Why does this have anything to do with a video game? Which is what we're really talking about here or meta and your engagement or, or work meetings, because it's nothing to do with any of that. This is about you your actions and your life and, 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 and influencing that. There were a lot of tricks involved to make specific predictions possibly, says, which the handful of patents I'm named on go deep into detail about. One of the coolest results involved predicting a user was going to click on something before they did. That was a ton of work and something I'm proud of, so they're doing it. Your people reacts before you click in part because you expect something will happen after you click. So you can create biofeedback with a user's brain by monitoring their eye behavior and redesigning the UI in real time to create more of the anticipatory pupil response. Why are you, why is anybody engaging with this? You're a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, what's the word, The term? You're, you know, you're, you're being tested on. You're, why can't I think of the kind of, it's crazy. It's a crude brain computer interface via the eyes, but very cool. A crude brain computer interface. And I, and I take that over invasive brain surgery in a day. So maybe that, was all, maybe that was all just to hide what this already is. Other tricks, like think about that, the concept of the brain machine interface, what Lieber, Langer, all the work that was being done a decade ago, more than that. And whether the whole Elon Musk invasive thing was just to keep us looking somewhere else. Other tricks to infer cognitive state involved quickly flashing visuals or sounds to a user in ways they may not perceive and then measuring their reaction. You see so my point? You're being experimented on. You don't even realize that's happening, and they're just doing it to test you. Another patent goes into detail about using machine learning and signals from the body and brain to predict how focused or relaxed you are or how well you're learning, and then updating visual environments to enhance those states. Guinea pigs, thank you. Gosh, drives me crazy when I can't think of stuff like that. So imagine an adaptive, immersive environment that helps you learn, work, relax. You know, that's the nice way to look at it. I'll show you some clips next which show you how nice it is. All of these details are publicly available in patents and were carefully written. Of course, publicly available in patents usually means nobody knows about it until people like us point it out. But it says a lot of people are long way to this. I think that was the crux. Okay. So here is the future. We've already shown you this, but this is exactly, and I mean literally exactly what he is talking about. Welcome to your new normal. First off, a video. Uh, It's going to make you see
2: the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll.
6: You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached.
0: And by the way, we're talking about post we're not talking about a headset right this is in the very near future they're discussing where you've got an implant in your brain because everybody does that's just, this is just the vr part of it is just a stepping stone very shortly to get you to this point which Klaus schwab has been telling you the entire time is where we're going now because he tells you we're in the fourth industrial revolution right now which is when he says it's going to happen or that it already is causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity
6: right before an alert popped up telling you to take a brain break. But what's that unusual change in your brain activity when you're asleep? It started earlier in the month. You send a text message to your doctor with a mental swipe of your cursor. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance but you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. You head home jamming to the music with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your co-worker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds. What do you think? Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible.
0: Well, here's the next part. Seeing it, this is just one real video, but as you can see, this is the part that overlaps with the it's amazing that they frame this as the, the positive version, because they don't want to scare you. And this is the positive version.
6: Not a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering. Okay, well, you might think, fine. But even if we can tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, you can't tell what they're paying attention to. You would be wrong. It turns out that you can not only tell whether, whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, but you can discriminate between the kinds of things that they're paying attention to. Whether they're doing something like central tasks, like programming, peripheral tasks, like writing documentation, or unrelated tasks, like surfing social media or online browsing. When you combine brainwave activity together with other forms of software and surveillance technology, the power becomes quite precise. So what do we do with this? What do we do with technology that enables us to monitor brainwave activity for attention? Do we embrace it? Do we resist it? I believe that there is a pathway forward with such technology, but it's putting it in the hands of employees, enabling them to use it for themselves as a choice. Whether or not they want to focus, whether or not they want the technology in order to improve their own performance but not using it, as a measure of their brain metrics to decide whether to fire them, hire them, or to watch for their lagging cognitive decline over time and using it as a way to discriminate against them. We might soon even use the technology to help people wake back up. This is a haptic scarf that MIT Media Lab has developed, which uses brainwave technology in a responsive way to give a person a little buzz, (laughs) literally. When their mind starts to wander to help them refocus and hone their attention.
0: Terrifying. That's, that's literally what they're getting into with this stuff today. Now, here's one other thing that I haven't seen before. Just an extra part of this where she's discussing this in another conversation where this goes even further from what she was just saying.
6: There's some really interesting research that we can plant false memories in the brain. Uh, And in a different context, um, one of the emerging areas that's really interesting in law and neuroscience is pain detection. Mm. Um, And once we understand the circuitries that uh, cause pain, I guess the question is, could we then instill pain and use that Mm. in many coercive measures uh, in the legal system as well? Wow, that's amazing. Did you want to add anything,
0: Brian? Yeah, lovely, lovely future we're talking about here. Well, as Orwell points out, Chat GPT, or as as uh, Harari, as Yuval Nora Harari is pointing out, how AI could be creating soon its own religion, right? So ChatGPT could create a new religion by writing its own sacred text, historians claim. I would love to believe this could not happen, but then again, I look around and I know that it can, she writes. This is Daily Mail, world on the verge of a new religion created by AI. This is where it's going. Futures Conference 2023. It's happening next month. Artificial intelligence, the stim- the simulation of human intelligence as demonstrated by machines. Guess what? It's saying the metaverse is the community where this will be taking place. Probably be wearing those same devices where they'll be grading and mapping and looking at everything you do and, and so on. The point is they're telling you the word of the year for 2023? Convergence. The bio-digital convergence, that is the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, it's all the same conversation. That's where this is going, guys. June 5th, 2023, AI clones made from user data pose uncanny risk. But see, you're not hearing about this in the corporate conversation. You know, the idea that they could literally create artificial intelligence or digital clones of you that literally, and by the way, it already exists. It literally already exists. We've talked about this in the past where people like the Pentagon and military or anything, they they have little simulations of groups, communities, maybe the entire planet. Who knows? Where they have used your data to create digital versions of you and they use that to predict and act. And this is a real thing. But whether this becomes a problem when the world becomes so digitized that we both exist in these both worlds, which I hope we don't get there. Well, then what happens? Is your identity stolen by something online? I mean, think about this. And this is very, very concerning that nobody's even asking. Google engineer turned futurist is now predicting that AI enabled immortality for humans is right around the corner. And if you can pay for it, and we are ICNE or however you pronounce that is saying, then you can, there's a lot of data in here you can look at for yourself. But the bottom line is, in his opinion, mind control is the ultimate goal. Everything needed to do this right now. And I agree with this is published out in the open but in different individual parts. That's what we keep trying to show you with the Lieber-Langer and the direction of all this with complete descriptions on how it works. It's not hidden. It's right there in published research in peer-reviewed journals. Examine the bibliographies of these authors and consider what the integration of these advanced technologies together would mean for humanity. He says you will find more of this on using the search terms internet of bodies, internet of bio nano things. We have been harping on this. The point is, guys, this stuff is not a joke. It is in real time happening and they just are hoping you're paying attention, paying attention to the wrong things. Well, two hours and 30 minutes for all that we did today, I think is pretty good, but I'm still going to try to synthesize or, you know, truncate this to get it to be a lot shorter ultimately. Now, not all the time. Obviously, I think some people like when I'm just kind of taking my time, but I think ultimately it's important. So I'm going to leave you with a final clip that'll go just past two and a half hours, but I think what we did today would usually take a lot longer than that. But I think it's important. I like the. Inf- I think the information connects in a very, very clear way, an alarming way that shows you what's coming and what's currently happening and what they just don't even want you asking questions about. So thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to ask questions. If you'd like to support this platform, there's a lot of ways to do so. I'll put the clips and information out in the next show. But it's right on the website. You can support us on our Substack, on our donation page on the website, Subscribe Star, Cash App, Buy Me a Coffee direct donation via mail and every other way. We need your help, guys. We need your help because we are constantly under attack. You know, we barely even bring that up anymore, but the point, it seems like everybody's under attack. We all under attack. But remember, we've been going through this for a decade. So we have struggled through this for a long time for you, for everybody, for ourselves, for the future. I really believe that. And this is all that matters. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
5: Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us.
1: You know, the the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized, everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science.
5: Decarbonization of sea
3: economy. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So, individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on.
4: I mean, my top recommendation honestly would be just to add a carbon tax.
1: It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do re- good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see, we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. Surveillance, people could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This. I believe is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it.
2: Natural selection is replaced by intelligent design. The era of inorganic life is now beginning.
1: In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life, and even to create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design, our intelligent design.
5: Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated
4: are you vaccinated if i yes. may ask. yeah and, yeah and, yeah I mean, i'm very pro vaccination right? yeah. i believe uh, it's the science is unequivocal the
5: difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing it changes you if you take a genetic editing right. uh just as an example it's you who are changed, yeah. and of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. Can you imagine that in ten years, when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains, and um, I can immediately feel because you all will have implants. I can and we measure your your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel. Uh, how the people react um, to your answers,
4: Uh, is it imaginable?
5: Just think of sensors planted into our brains.
4: Basically implanted in your skull. So, uh,
2: (laughs) But it would be flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neural link device in there. Um, You you put the the electrode, you would insert the electrode threads very carefully into the the brain
3: to build basically an interface to the brain.
4: Yeah, electrode Ooh. to neuron interface at a mi- micro level.
2: Okay, what is it? Like,
4: am I have like a plug in my head that's going to fit into mm-hmm. a hard drive? Like, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, Ch- a chip and a bunch of tiny wires.
3: But this this would be implanted surgically, and it would do what?
2: Could you input? Could you download Jim? Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. What but, <laughs> <laughs> the Long-term aspiration for Neuralink was, would be to achieve a symbiosis with uh, artificial intelligence.
1: What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric
6: surveillance one of the things that i think is so essential to free and open societies is freedom of thought um, and up until now the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely
4: What the first
5: industrial revolution we need to is a fusion of our physical our virtual and our biological identities. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion this is uh let's say fiction it will not happen um the, the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces
4: from the president's office in the white house in washington dc we present an address by the president of the united states dwight d eisenhower
5: In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. Also be clear, the future is not just happening, the future is built by us.